Uh, hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Carol Baskins. Hi, Carol. How are you doing? <laughs> God. Did you watch so that Jordan Kale episode? I Not did. I, I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, this is the Fickner Podcast, episode 188. This is our quarantine cast series of live episodes. Uh, hop in the chat, talk to us, whatever saga you want. Corona. The Corona Saga. The Corona Saga. Quarantine. That's my favorite one, Peter. Corona Saga. My cat's over there burrowing. I don't know what he's doing. Whatever. Tremor. Uh, all right. So before we get started, I have a I have a cool announcement. We've been working on this. I've been working on this. We've been working on this. It's been a long time coming. I've wanted to do this for so long. Uh, but we have finally got... Our website oh, up. Oh, I went to the wrong way. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, guys. This is the Fake Nerd Podcast website. Uh, it was designed by by uh, myself, my brother. Zara helped. Uh, and finally, over, over the finish line by Harry Chappell, uh, a friend of mine from the from a, from a podcast group. We got podcast Beyond the, Bo- Beyond the Box set, which I was on a little while ago. Um, he's a great guy. Uh, he helped me. He helped me finish it. Uh, the things that he did were basically make the font look like it belonged there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so as you can see, guys, I'm going to give you a quick tour of the, of the of the website. We got a podcast, the positive take on pop culture, because you know that's what we try to do here. That's us. Yeah. Your podcast, try to stay positive. As you know, we are a Funko affiliate, so there's our Funko app, our Funko link. Just click there, ten percent off your purchase. Nice. Um, it's on the bottom. It's always going to be there on the bottom. If you want to just listen to our show, this will this will take you to our iTunes page. Our obviously our Facebook, Instagrams, and Twitters, emails all connected there, and where you can find us on other all the places platforms, other platforms such as Spotify. Everywhere. If you're listening yeah. to this in audio form, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's the audio. I recommend checking out the oh, yeah. the video. Um, <laughs> here's our profiles, guys. Uh, Sparks, Ben, Ryan, myself, and under these you will find. Uh, these blog posts, which will be populated by, for example, let's go to mine. I've got some stuff up there right now. Here we go to link. Click. It's loading. Sorry, my internet's a little slow because I'm streaming. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> um, it's like E3 when they're testing video game stuff and something goes oh, wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah. So bitching about nothing. My blog officially up here right now. I Right now I'm populating it with my previous, uh, my previous articles from different websites, such as Viking Social Media. Um, this is going to be the home for all my writings, even my published stuff. It's just going to be where it all is uh, from now on. And uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't see that. That's cool. I didn't see that. That's cool. Sorry. Um, <laughs> it's a website. It has stuff at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. So so and if you go to all the other places, uh, you will find similar pages for everyone else, such as Nostalgia's Bitch for Ben. The Krakoa hole for Ryan. If I ever use it. If you ever use it. And Sparks notes for Sparks. Uh, it's cute. These these are empty right now because we you guys haven't written anything yet. Ben, I'm thinking yeah. your Viking your um, old school gamer magazine stuff probably will go up there as well. Okay, as, so yeah, and also probably some other stuff in there as well. And my cat has joined me to look at oh, the website. You need to add a spot on there for Oreo then. Yeah, uh, Ryan, there's your Twitch account. Yeah, that's me. I do that. Well, find the Twitch, Ryan's Twitch, obviously our Instagrams and Twitters. I have more stuff than you. Ha ha ha. Our Instagram page right here for announcements and whatnot because we announce most of our stuff on Instagram. Um, and obviously our links to our YouTube page, our, our Tee Public page, our Patreon, and Miscellaneous, the Miscellaneous feed right there. 
So this will be our landing page for all things Fake Nerd Podcast. Uh, so there you go, guys. This is exciting. I'm excited. Kick ass, man. Very high. Yeah. So thank you to Harry Chapel for pushing it across the finish, finish line, making it look as sleek as it does. Uh, very happy with how it turned out. Thanks, Harry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there you go. Been working on that for the better part of a the better part of a, a, a couple of months now. Uh, got You're gonna say a year. Sounds like almost. It. I've been wanting it for about a year uh, because I wanted a place to put my writings mostly, and I was like, if I'm gonna do that, I want to do it for the show as well. I want to connect it to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I dedicated some of the time and got the domain name. My brother's hosting it, so that wasn't an extra cost, which was nice. Um, so I like, it. just, I just wanted to have it, have it done, have it there. And now that we're in quarantine, I figured, you know what, if I don't get it done, I have no excuse. Cause it's, I've got nothing else to do. So it kept me occupied during this time. It's true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there you go, guys. New website. Cool stuff. That's yeah. us. We're the nerds with the website. Fake nerd podcast website, fakenerdpodcast.com. I'll link it in the description below. Uh, there's a lot of links going in the description below, but I'm going to buy uh pronhub.com and just link it to the fake nerd podcast.com. You could, they, they don't have it right now. Do you I check? Checked. I checked. <laughs> oh, wow. I love it. <laughs> um, uh, since I'm already talking, I might as well go first. Um, I watched trolls world tour. How was it? It's fine. Oh, just fine. I've, I've heard better things than fine. And I think it's because people maybe have lowered expectations. But maybe. everyone on Twitter is like, hey, this movie's pretty good. I liked, I liked the first one. I, I liked this one. I think I like them about the same. Uh, it does help that Rachel Bloom is the, lead, is the lead villain of the movie. She's really fun and really great. I wish there was more of her uh, and less of everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> but what can you do? Uh, I the first one so if i just watch that second one i might be all right well the second one you like it, you don't need to watch the first one to understand the second one they're compl- they're almost completely separate and yeah. it, it actually is a little confusing if you watch the first one. Oh, well good i didn't because the whole thing is like the there's more trolls and troll nations like how does it how does a troll nation relate to the first movie the, the first movie because there's only a- one set of trolls in the first movie yeah like i love the concept of them like being based in different musical genres and things like that, which I didn't feel was something that was in instituted in the first trolls. Not at all. Uh, did they explore that well, or I think it's a cool concept. I wish they spent more That's time. That's what I asked. <laughs> I, do, I do wish they spent more time with it because a lot of it is it's it's really just Poppy, which is Anna Kendrick's character, trying yeah. to accept other music, be, being like like pop is like. Pop is the best music, but everyone needs to get along. And so everyone's talking like, you're not understanding what this is. You need to be accepting of other musical talents and other styles, like be accepting of other people's. That's a fine message. I wish they went more into like the world of like, of these different trolls. Uh, well, one of them, there's actually an interesting joke, like disco, the disco trolls no longer exist. They're now the hip hop trolls. Oh, they, mm. they transformed. Mm. Yeah, so it's like the idea is that music has evolved away from what the original strings were. I thought that was a cool concept. Yeah, that was cool. I just wish there was more of it, honestly. Yeah. Um, I also I, just, like feel that they never could have covered enough genre. No. For it, so they, well but. because they were doing like it was like the Infinity Gauntlet guitar, right? That's yeah. the thing. So yeah. like they only have a certain number of strings. They can't. Right. <laughs> and they're doing like rock, but the, it's also kind of supposed to be metal, but it doesn't cover every genre it's, of metal. Mm-hmm. And it's, it doesn't cover every genre every of rock. Gen- yeah. It's like 
if it has a guitar in it, then it's the it's rock. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Ozzy yeah. Osbourne is the is pop is a Rachel Bloom's dad. Seriously, Ozzy's in this that's movie. Yeah. That's that was, that's a pretty good cameo. Okay, I, got, I think I should watch. How how'd you watch it, Brandon? Well, okay, so because Zara is a is a um, employee of Universal Studios, they it's a Universal oh. Studios movie. They gave the uh, employees Universal Studios if, for free for a limited time. Oh, okay. So we were able to watch it because it is available VOD right now because it, okay. it's it's going to skip a theatrical distribution, and go straight to VOD. Uh, that's how I was able to watch that. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I saw troll, I saw people posting like, "Oh yeah, we're going to watch Trolls" because they it was like the premiere event, but there it was like VOD. But I guess it yeah. was like behind a paywall or something. Yeah, you do have to rent it. It's not it's not okay. available to buy. It's available to rent. Okay. Um, much like a lot of VOD titles right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I watched Star Trek First Contact this weekend, this week. Uh, how how's, how's, weekend? how's my how's my boy Zephyrin Cochran doing? He's great. Uh, I'm turning my girlfriend into a Trekkie. Good. And uh, it's fairly funny how it happened because we were watching Deep Space Nine th- with her and she really liked it. I was like, okay, I got her into a Star Trek show. I can die happy. And she's like, I want to watch the next Star Trek show. I go, but I got to watch it. I got to watch Voyager next because I'm going through my track of watching all Star Trek at least once. Um, and she's like, oh, I want to watch it with you. So we watched a couple of episodes, and she really likes it. I'm like, okay, okay, this is weird. And then she went back to watch The Next Generation. I'm like, okay. And she wanted to watch First Contact. I'm like, cool. I did it. I love you. I did it, guys. (laughs) Yeah. I finally got her into Star Trek. Good, good, good. Um, That's the only thing I wanted to bring up with that one. Uh, Did I ever tell you guys about Spider-Gwen? The current current Ghost Spider run? No. Reading it, um, I forgot to mention that they introduced uh Johnny Storm and Sue Storm. Oh, and Sp- and Ghost Spider. So, in the Earth 65 world where Spider Gwen exists, Reed Richards is a little African American boy, he's about like 10. Uh, but he's like, he's also super smart and like has been to the Council of Reeds. Like, he's one second, is she? I thought Spider Gwen like was on regular Earth now. No, she's going to school on Earth on Earth 616, but she lives on Earth 65 still. Oh, so she's a she's a, a foreign exchange student. <laughs> yeah, so she hops okay. back and forth between the worlds. Okay, um, it's kind of neat because she because um, she's like everyone knows I'm Spider Gwen on my Earth. I can't go to school, but nobody knows I'm Spider Gwen on this Earth, so I can go to school here. So she was like, I want a I want a um, education. So I'm very glad they didn't they didn't pull a Miles and sticker because like yeah, that her own universe is super rad. Yeah, I like her universe a whole lot. Um, that she was like. One of her like media class studies was like, you need to watch all of Veronica Mars. And she's like, I don't, what's, does she mean, does she mean Victor Mars? Oh yeah. Okay. I get you. Oh, oh, that's funny. That was good. Um, It's kind of like back in the early episodes of the flash where, um, um, uh, like Earth Two, Harrison Wells showed up, and he's like said this like this great quote, and like uh, Cisco was like, "Oh, it's just that one face." It's like, "Oh yeah, it's that one face." Guy's like, "No, Kanye West said that." What are you talking about? Oh no, the wheel, the Weird Al Yankovic's like, it's like, let's see, Weird Al Yankovic's like Albert Yankovic. I guess he does have weird hair. <laughs> like he's a poet on Earth Two, yeah. Um, oh. so, so they introduce Sue and Reed Storm, and they're they're cele- they're they're Instagram celebrities. Instagram celebrity models who disappeared for five years because they went to Latveria. Johnny or Reed? Johnny and Sue. Okay, you said Reed. Sorry. Sorry. Reed is a little boy. Um, yeah. So Johnny and Sue have never met Reed Richards, but they disappeared for five years after they went to Latveria uh, on an on a Instagram whatever tour. They were models. <laughs> and they disappeared. And when they came back, 
they may or may not have superpowers. Uh, so it, it's kind of, it's really interesting seeing the Fantastic Four form on this Earth, but it's just Sue and Sue and Johnny. Yeah, uh, I thought that was a really interesting concept. And one of the things that I like about Earth sixty five or Spider Gwen's world is that they were able to much more than like the Ultimate Universe, which was kind of like the Marvel Universe, but really not. Earth sixty five is like how can we like really twist some things and make yeah. things like vastly different and one like Daredevil's a bad guy and Frank Castle is like on the police in the police force and all this stuff yeah yeah and Captain America is is um, not Sam Wilson oh yeah Sam Wilson Samantha Wilson mm -hmm. uh, and um, yeah I, I like that stuff um, uh, like how much what issue is it on up to I don't remember it's been rebooted three times <laughs> um, Ghost Spiders up to like I think five okay because I'll okay. definitely. Uh, I'll definitely start reading it on uh, Marvel Unlimited once it hits that. In a month. I, I recommend it. I think you especially would like this current run of Ghost Spider. Yeah. I've always, uh, I always like all the books. I just, you know, can't read them all. Yeah, exactly. Um, otherwise, I'm almost done. I'm almost all caught up in my comics. No comics coming out makes it a lot easier. But yeah. uh, I got to the twos and now I'm at the ones. But I caught up on two issues of Justice League Dark, yeah. um, which I wanted to really bring up because they're doing something with uh, the rot the green and the red are all dying because magic has died. So they're trying to like do this war. And so animal man is caught in it. The floronic man is caught in it. Animal man's in it. Yeah. Animal man's back. And uh, he, so they're trying to like, and then Anton Arcane is now the avatar of the black, which is a new, which is a new uh, kingdom that's, that's trying to rise. I want to bring it up because James Tinian is not scripting the series anymore. He's only kind of show running the series now that he's doing Batman. And so it's Ran V, which is a, a name I've never heard of before. Just like dark. Hmm. Um, it's, it's either Ram V or Ram the fifth. I don't know which one, but uh, he's on Twitter and I, I've seen him, I've seen him post a couple of things, but he's, he's written a couple of stuff from Marvel and I wasn't sure how I was going to like it when James Tinian left the book. Cause I was really enjoying it. But Ram V like right out of the gate, just these two issues, Knocked it out of the park. I really like this guy so far, and he's written some other things from Marvel that people have been have been seeing really well. Uh, that been like uh, received really well. So I I, I think this guy's a, a really good up and comer. Uh, oh yeah, he did a book. Yeah, he did PRDCO and The Savage Shores. Those are both really well reviewed, like independent comics. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, cool. Damn, I'll if this is just doing like like the new Fifty Two Swamp Thing Animal Man stuff all over again, I will buy the book <laughs> immediately, baby. Yeah, it's all part of like it's all still part of the death of magic stuff that's been going on. It's just like dark, which is really interesting. So I, I was I was really surprised and really happy with it. Um, I also caught up on Birthright, which is a fun book that's coming to its end soon. We're at the penultimate arc. Uh, Zara, Oreo's on the TV. Oh no, Zara. <laughs> hey, get off. He's on the TV. Uh, I know that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. He's gonna break the TV. I'm sure of it. Anyway, yeah. so I. So I caught up on Birthright. Birthright, the new arc opens with these beautiful splash pages. Uh, the splash pages in this book are are truly, truly stunning. There is one that I wanted to bring up specifically that didn't happen in this arc, but it ha a little a couple of arcs a uh, ago. They go into this guy's like, like uh uh, uh what, what like not tomb but like um library of like tre of, like treasure. And the, mm. if you like look, I stared at that splash page for hours. Finding the 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 Holy Grail from Indiana Jones from Indiana Jones, uh, the Ark of the Covenant from Indiana Jones, the crocodile from Hook, uh, mm -hmm. Aladdin's lamp. Like he populated it with so with so many cool like geek stuff. 
Uh, it's a gorgeous splash page. The art, the art in, in Birthright truly is stunning. Uh, and I, uh, I'm waiting for something else we do in order to pick Birthright as a, as a, as a, as a book we talk about, because I think you guys would really like it. I read the first two lines. Yeah. And I think Ben especially would, would get a kick out of it. Oh no, I, um, Brandon, I, I would, uh, I was reading it off of you actually back, but, um, Oh yeah. Back, back in the day, back in the day. Yeah. That's, reading... that's a lot of issues ago. Yeah, it was. I am so far behind. It's not even funny. <laughs> um, and then I caught up on Detective Comics and Batman Superman. It's only two issues, so there wasn't really a lot there to to discuss. Anything of note that I wanted to bring up. Uh, but that's pretty much all I did this week. I'll go next because I didn't do a lot this week. Um, I've been streaming some superhero video games, as I've been doing the last couple of weeks. Um, I focused on Ultimate Spider-Man this week, and I forgot how awesome that game was. That like, game I knew, rules. I knew it was good, and, like, it plays... Like, it's really funny, like, after playing Spider-Man PS4 uh, and then looking at videos of, like, the old Spider-Man games, Spider-Man games have been the same for literally 20 years. It's an open world. You save people. You do story missions. You do races. Like, man, it's all the same, but it's also good. But uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, you get to play as Venom, and it's the Ultimate Universe. So you get, like, the like the Ultimate X-Men. You get, like, Ultimate Silver Sable and, like, Ultimate Green Goblin. Like, all these things I forgot that were so radical. And, and like, the artwork it, and the artwork in the game is incredible. Yeah, and it's all cel-shaded and... um. It is a GameCube version, so like it doesn't it doesn't hold up like you know as as it would like. There's not a remaster. This is a perfect game for a remaster, man. Like after Wind Waker came out and they made it like super beautiful and cel shaded, uh, Zelda the Wind Waker. I was like, oh dude, this game deserves a, a remaster like that. But um, I like playing as Venom so much more than Spider Man because you can just the first thing you do with Venom is you eat a child and like <laughs> like. It, it's so in spider-man 2 the the original game there's like a mission where like you have to save a boy's balloon he's like it's my balloon you go pick and you go save the balloon in mm -hmm. this game it's the same it's the same thing the kid's like my balloon but instead you just go and you kill the kid <laughs> and i'm like dude this game is great but it's also like still pg but like you're just straight up eating dudes and getting health back and i'm like oh this game's this game is good I was uh, really so, sad they never went forward with another one of those games yeah dude uh i can't i can't like it had to have sold like it's a spider-man game but um it's not. It wasn't made by the traditional Spider-Man people, so maybe it just you know uh, things fall apart, uh, uh, licenses and stuff like that. But um, besides that, I did a lot with him that I'll just join in when he says it. But um, uh, Crunchyroll is a is a web is a website or streaming service. What do you how do you describe Crunchyroll? What is it? A website. It's a website that accumulates lots of anime and stuff, right? It's like a Netflix for anime. But they also have the Crunchyroll YouTube channel where they put out video essays and they put out like stuff that like we do and stuff. But um, yeah, I've watched a few of those. There's like the last couple of days. There's this guy named um, oh I forget his name, uh, but he does the anime explain series where he spends 30 minutes to two hours going over an entire anime or an entire section of things. So I watched the video called um, "Explaining All of One Piece," which was an hour and 40 minutes long. I've never seen one episode of One Piece, but I know everything there is to know about One Piece now. And I'm like, I never have to watch that show because it's literally like 800 fucking episodes. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, do you know how long it would take you to watch from episode one of One Piece to where it is today? Yes, it would take me one month exactly if I watched 30 episodes every day. 16 days straight. Like that's if you watched it with no interruptions, 16 days straight through. Yeah, that series is too long. Yeah, and, it is. And the funny thing is, is like almost all of it is apparently good. And I'm like, that's 
that's really surprising. And One Piece, the first volume of One Piece is the highest like selling manga of all time. And I didn't know that. Like One Piece is a phenomenon around the world. Uh, and I'm just like, oh, it's that anime. But I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's apparently very good. It's just an undertaking. And the thing is, like, yeah, 20 yeah. years into the manga run is when the creator went, I'm halfway through. Yeah. And we're, everyone's like, for real. Like, after watching this entire history of, like, when this kid starts in 1999 and now the anime is in 2019, I'm like, cool, we're at the halfway point. I'm like, bro, I haven't even watched the show and I'm tired. Uh, so <laughs> I, I know. Okay. There are times where I've gone to Barnes and like before the quarantine, I hat was going through. Obviously, I would go to the manga session, and there was one time an entire, like, a entire Barnes and Noble shelf mm-hmm. was dedicated to only One Piece from issue one. All like obviously multiple copies of the same vo- of the same volume, so you know they have so people can pick them up. But the whole thing was One Piece, and I'm looking at the. I think in like I thought Naruto went on for like forever bleach went on for 70 some volumes and then i'm looking at one piece there i'm pretty sure they're gonna break 100 volumes they oh, have yeah, they, they, they are they, they already did break 100 volumes i have no idea i'm pretty sure they already did because naruto 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 broke 70 so yeah there's was no 72. way one piece was running longer so there's no way they haven't broken 100 i of my mangas i think the most i have of volume wise is 38 of one series that's the longest I, I have. I have all of Naruto for sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's like, oh man. I have two manga volumes. The oh. gentleman's name is Tim Liu. Uh, he's a, he's a Crunchyroll editor. Uh, he's amazing. That's that's the guy. He makes all these videos. Um, but I watched um, I watched the entire history of Yu-Gi-Oh because I only watched the first show. But there's like seven other shows, and I didn't. And half of them aren't even canon. And I'm like. <laughs> Uh, I watched. I knew, about, I knew about the one sequel show of Yu-Gi-Oh, There's and then I, I didn't bother yes. after that. Yeah, that's true. The sequel there's show is There's also Zexel, and there's also Vrama. I don't know. The last one's nobody. You know, it doesn't matter. But uh, God games on motorcycles. <laughs> as you guys know, I'm a big Evangelion fan, so I rewatched that a couple weeks ago. Uh, I rewatched, or I didn't rewatch. I watched the the rebuild series first movie, which is the the like twenty years later. We're making an anime movie out of the anime series. Uh, so part one, I watched that, and it's just a retelling of the first six issues, issues first six episodes. But it's uh, beautiful HD. You know, the, the fighting is so much better because I got the money. Uh, but that's I'm excited for the future because the next two movies apparently drastically change what the anime does. So I'm very excited to see that. Uh, after I did that, I watched all 33 alternate timelines to Evangelion, the video that, that he made. And um, it's nuts. Um, there's all the games, all the mangas, all the novels, all the shows, all the uh, Universal Studios live shows are all canon. So, and they're all part of this giant universe. And if Ben, once you finish Evangelion, you can realize how there are so many timelines because it doesn't start off as that type of show, my man. Um, so that's great. Uh, so are you telling me that there is a there is a parallel world where Evangelion is in fact fighting Shin Godzilla. Brandon, oh my God, Brandon, oh, the no. guy who directed, oh. as you know, the guy Hideki Anno who directed Shin Godzilla yes. made Neon Genesis Evangelion. There is a crossover uh, video game. It's called Super Robot Wars, and it does every single mecha like Gundam and like all these things in the ones fighting game. But they made a Shin Godzilla Evangelion robot toy that it's it looks like it's half Shin Godzilla, half Ava, and it's That's like. Awesome. A, it's it's so cool. I wish I had a picture to show you guys, but um, there's lots of crossover work between Godzilla and. There's a, there's a um, 
there's a game at Universal Studios Tokyo that's yes. like a ride that's a uh, Shin Godzilla versus Evangelion and they introduced yeah. Shin Ghidorah. There is yeah. uh, there's it's uh it's over at Universal Japan because I remember I was at Frankenstein's once before they moved to the new location and they were selling a popcorn bucket. It was like Mecha Godzilla's head, but it was in the color scheme of Ava. Yeah. I pointed that out to you. Oh yeah, yeah, you did. You were there. You were there for that. Let's see. I'm just seeing if it's cool. Cool design. That was, I'm, gonna, that was. I'm just gonna put this on the screen for you real quick. So hopefully it shows up. It's oh, a, that's cool. That's green cool. I, oh, that's I got it. Oh, you got your green screen. I got the green screen still locked in. <laughs> Oops. Nope. Hold on. Uh, I saw. I saw a shape. And it looked cool. It's gonna look better after I take off the Mac and me picture. Mac and me picture. Yes. How'd that go? Uh, I'll talk about it in a second. Ben, that's you. <laughs> there you go. It looks like oh that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so I just I was steeped in lots of anime. Half of it I haven't watched, so I thought that was just really cool. So now I know a lot about things. I I don't have to like check that off my bucket list. I don't gotta watch One Piece anymore. <laughs> um, what else did I do? Um, I did a lot of things with you. So I think I think that'll be it for me. You did nothing else? I don't remember. You? I honestly don't remember. Fair enough. Oh, I did the downright uh, Bordenoid movie. This week's was Mac and Me, one of the worst movies ever made. Uh, <laughs> it is. Um, it's a lot of fun to watch. It's like one of those, like, so bad it's good, like The Room or Trolls 2 or anything like that. Uh, Troll 2. So uh, if you ever uh, are, like, really bored or, like, want to hang out with friends and get hammered and watch a bad movie, Mac and Me is a good one. Sponsored by McDonald's. Cool. I've, now, I've only heard of that movie. I've never seen it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> I started the new trigger anime called Brand New Animal, uh, just one episode in, but that was really good. Uh, is it about new animals? So, a uh, lot of talk has been going around about Beastars, yes, um, which is very like sexy Zootopia, mm -hmm. and this is more like cyberpunk. Hmm, this is hard to describe. <laughs> this is more like okay, so the the they're not just anthropomorphic animals. They're they're able to transform between human and animal appearance, and all of them, uh, all of the animal, uh, all the people who can do that are hated by normal human beings. And it's also kind of a cyberpunky future world. So is it like a, like a almost like a mutant allegory or a, or a, a, a little? Like... It's one episode, and it's really hard to tell how important that. Uh, yes, they're disliked yeah. in that same way, but it's hard to tell how much of that is the crux of the show um but i think you guys would really really like it uh i watched Ooh, breaking news Ooh. sorry suburban proctologist episode nine is up now oh is that what jeremy tagged something yeah good sorry sorry sparks we'll plug it out no it's okay too. um i'm just seeing where okay uh i spent all of monday cataloging comics and I love it. I love that picture. Codes. 564 books cataloged. Beautiful. Um, and I watched almost all of the CW Arrowverse in that time as well. Uh, you put that picture online. I was like, my dream. I would yeah. love to get in there and catalog that with you. Yeah, that was something. Um, so that's done and much more organized. So now I can start reading those comics. Um which I did a little, I'm catching up on X-Men, where I'm behind. Um, but I didn't get that far. Uh, I still had a lot of schoolwork to do this week. 
So I do have something to say about the CW show. Supergirl had its 100th episode, and I finally got to see it. And that's a really, really good 100th episode. The concept is uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Mixus Pitalik had been banished to uh, the fifth dimension in a previous episode of Supergirl. He is now being charged for all his interdimensional crimes. And as punishment, he has to go back and my name is Earl, every person <laughs> he wronged. Oh. And do something to make it up for them. And Kara is the last person on his list. Because of this, he was punished to uh, have his appearance changed and manufactured for him. So he is now played by the actor, uh, John Thomas Lennon, Thomas Lennon. Thank you. Um, who's, uh, from a bunch of things, most famously Buffy. from Reno 911. Buffy, right? No, nope. no, no. Nope. Um, it looks like, uh, I thought it was the guy who played Andrew from Buffy. Hey guys, it's the guy with the, guy. yeah, yeah, him. He was also the doctor in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very famously, yeah. uh, Reno 911. He was the, the sheriff. Um, he's rich and famous off of writing the, the, uh, night at the museum movies. So he's really good in that. Really? Wow. Um, he's really good in that. And, uh, the concept is that he's giving her the opportunity to go back and tell Lena she's Supergirl earlier in her life. And if she's happy with the aftermath of those results, it becomes permanent. So they go back through different points of the show's history with her trying to tell Lena she's Supergirl and see how it turns out. And what I really, really like about it is that no version of the one where she tells Lena does Lena turn into a bad person because she knew and that's why the future doesn't work out. What ends up happening is it's always something like because Lena was so distraught and confused about finding out the news on the day that she does, she's unable to save Kara's life that day. Or because she finds out that news, she takes a leave of absence, but then comes back and actually saves Kara's life. But then in the process of saving her, dies herself and things like that. It's never just she found out she then also decided to be evil still. Mm. It's always circumstances just became bad. And that made it so it wasn't a good future. Um, and then she does at the very end wonder if it would be better if she just wasn't in Lena's life at all. And in that version is the one where without Kara uh, in her life at all, Lena did become a bad person. Oh, she saves her. Um, it's a really good episode. It's a really, really good episode. Uh, Real quick, I it was not from Buffy. I recognize him. It's 17 again. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get Buffy and 17 again confused all the time. Totally. Sometimes I get weird things confused. <laughs> um... I finished The Office. All nice. done. Nice. No more Office. Uh, so that that's good. Um, just noticed something on... DB Dab. What did you think of The Office? Uh, they really, really ruined some characters in that last season. Very specifically, Andy. I'm so glad um, I didn't watch it. <laughs> there's other good things about the last season, for sure. Uh, I don't think it's the dumpster fire I feel like a lot of people kind of look at it as after Steve Carell left, but it certainly does lose something in the mix. Sure. Uh, Ryan and I watched another episode of Motherland Fort Salem. So that we're keeping up on that, and that good. show is real good. Um, we also watched uh, the latest episode of Harley Quinn. Woo! That was also really good. And we double-dosed on Harley Quinn, actually. We double-dosed <laughs> on Harley Quinn that night and watched Birds of Prey again. Nice movie is still sick as hell yeah might might be my favorite 
of the current DC films. It's definitely like it's, right up. There. It's really yeah. hard not to say that it is. Yeah. Uh, so that that was awesome. Um, we also picked up uh, a show we'd left behind a while ago and started again. Oh yeah. Uh, and we're watching Doom Patrol. Yeah. Finally. Oh, I saw you post about Animal Vegetable Mineral Man. Yeah, that happened. Uh, that was awesome. That show's so good, guys. That show is really, really good, and now we're we're actually moving through it again, which is nice. And I'm like, Animal Animal Vegetable Mineral Man is such a weird character to bring into a TV show. Well, I mean, this is like the only show where it's it would be okay to be in because it's you look at him, you're like, come on. <laughs> but like in the show, it makes sense, man. Um, the thing I like about Vegetable but, Mineral Man that is so weird. Yeah, that, that's um, like some man bear pig style of just. Man, yeah. and they did they did the T Rex head and everything like yeah. nuts. Um, that show is so good because it it it's it's a very it's a very hard task to tonally be really funny, very serious, cut to drama, cut to comedy. Like you have to have like the, like ooh, really talented like filmmakers and actors and like uh, it's it's a show about de- with broken people and they're all messed up in a certain way, not just physically but emotionally. So it's a show about superheroes. Uh, this is the best cyborg will ever be. Those, like man, I, Justice League, Batman vs Superman. Like, what are you guys doing? How did this happen? What are you talking about? Booyah, booyah. Oh, <laughs> like literally in like five minutes, you get more personality from this cyborg than you do in all of his live action appearances. I'm just like, that's such a bummer. Yeah, that's such a bummer. Um, I I love that it references like Justice League and Batman, but like again, you never have to see him uh, because like they're doing big league stuff. Uh, and the thing I like most about the show is something that I it kind of just realized like watching the last episode um, a lot of like the Marvel movies or like the DC movies, even like they don't feel like real people who have real lives. They eat breakfast. They shit like real people. Doom patrol makes me feel like, like superheroes can be real people. Like cyborg has to still iron. He still has to do laundry. He has to take calls like a, like a regular person. Whereas like, sometimes I feel like that gets lost in the grand scheme of superhero uh, work. So like, I really like the show a whole lot. Uh, it's really emotionally uh, charged, and I really like it. It's one of those things that get lost in a lot of in a lot of franchises, Star Wars, Star Trek. Like, you never think about these characters going to the bathroom. Yeah. I think it's also just a harder thing to encapsulate in films on grand scale yeah. uh, than, than in television. It's things like, like in Spider-Man 2, when he has to ride the elevator because his powers are out. Like, yeah. that's not something you traditionally see in, like, a big superhero epic movie. But, like, he, he still has to ride the elevator. He's a human being. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, those type of things I don't think about. And when I do see them, I really appreciate. And yeah. Doom Patrol is chock full of it. They're all superheroes, but they're all horribly emotionally damaged people. Uh, and it's it's great. You know what Marvel movies I think are good at doing that? The Ant-Man ones. Uh, yes, 100%. Yeah. That is the, the dude's on, on house arrest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we, we did that. Yeah. Uh, and I watched one more episode of Castlevania and one more episode of The Witcher. <laughs> so <laughs> that's moving along, I guess. You'll get that. Getting there. Um, yeah, Doom Patrol and uh, Harley Quinn and all that really covers most of it. And then uh, we also all did some gaming, I think, this week. Yeah, yeah. we played Battlefront 2. We did play Battlefront 2. Or you guys played Battlefront 2 and I was your test dummy. No, you played. You were there with us. I was there. I don't. I don't play because I'm good. I play because I'm with friends. Exactly. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty. Man, when you when you throw a lot of money at something, uh, you can make it look real good. Yeah. That, totally. that, game, that looks game looks really good. incredible, man. That game is gorgeous. I forgot how gorgeous it was. 
Yeah, those level designs are incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Ben? Uh, yeah. That does it. No, that does it for me. Ben? I, I really didn't do a whole lot. Um, Finn and I, we finished watching High Score Girl to Go. That only had nine episodes in the second season, so... We finished it to the two of us. Um, I've been trying to watch the Evangelion, but I've been coming home around like three or three. I came home at like three in the morning on Friday. Um, but the Evangelion, it's still there. I'm still gonna, I'm still gonna finish it. I freaking, I'm loving the show. And I've also, uh, what else? I did. I have played some Final Fantasy VII. Guys, that game is also freaking gorgeous. It is yeah. so. So much fun. I freaking... At 3 a.m. last night, right, Ben? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that smart. Guy, I have to say, well, all the problems I thought I was going to have when Final Fantasy VII was coming out, like when, like, oh, it's going to be episodic, it's going to be, it's only going up to Midgar, it's going to be all this. All those fears are gone. I don't know what I can say that's bad about the game and i'm only, i'm just halfway through i just finished the don corneo stuff in midgar and i'm going back to sector seven and this game is just phenomenal ryan once i'm done with it i will loan you this game you have to play it yeah you, uh, if i i'll, I'll, I'll show up and wearing a hazmat suit to your house if i have to you need to play this game <laughs> 2319 <laughs> throw it out the window and i was like got it just, yeah just yeah uh so yeah final fantasy seven is great um <laughs> I also did my uh, book club today with Downright Nerdy, Michael Carls, and the author Rachel Litvin. We did that episode today. Yeah. We're over halfway done with the book, so we got a few more episodes to go, and then we're gonna, and then the long wait for book three starts. But besides that, I didn't do a whole lot. I'm game with you guys, and we're gonna be gaming later today, hopefully. So that's gonna be fun. If I may, I forgot something to bring up. Uh, I watched the entirety, the all ten episodes of Lego Masters on Hulu. Oh, how was that? So it's a reality show with the, they make Legos and uh, man, these people are artists. Like, holy crap! I was blown away by some of these things that these people designed. They built droids and working theme parks and skyscrapers with monsters. And like, it's such a fun show. I reality shows are hit and miss. Like, they can be whatever. I went. To, I I spent an entire semester watching all of X Factor and I got really into it. So I'm a sucker for them. If I so watch them, I will get into them. Brandon, I didn't know what Lego Masters was. So when you first said that, I thought it was like Ninjago or no. like Bionicle. So I thought you just watched some random kid TV show. And I'm like, no. that's weird, Brandon. You'd watch that. I did not know it was a Lego building reality show because you didn't yeah. explain that. Sorry. So it's a, it's a Lego building reality TV show hosted by Will Arnett. Okay, um, I'm very interested now. And they, they bring in like Nicole Byers from, from um, uh, uh, Nailed It. Uh, Terry Crews shows up. Phil Lord and Chris Miller showed up. Um, and they, they have like 15 hours to build whatever their prompt is. I like uh, it. And so, and like, you kind of get invested in like these teams of two and the, and they're building all these cool little, little things and, and you get really into it and it's a lot of fun. It's a really fun and interesting way to make a, uh, to make a reality TV. Sounds like a cooking show, but with Legos. Yeah. So it, it kind of feels like nailed it, but with Legos. Yeah. I like it. I really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend it to anybody. It's all 10 episodes are on Hulu right now. Uh, you can blow through them. They're they're really fun. I enjoyed it immensely. I will. That sounds cool. Uh, anyway, so shall we get into our B and B, our bread and butter? And here is your bread. 
And your butter. He's been butter. Okay, okay, not in my ear, thank you. He's our, bread our, and butter. Our bread and butter. Uh, we have a lot of deaths that happened this week. Oh boy. That we had to talk about. Um, so I'm just going to go go down. So Danny Goldman, uh, the, who is most no, most known as the voice of Brainy Smurf from the original Smurfs cartoon, uh, passed away this week at the age of 80. Um, he also starred in a bunch of other cartoons, such as Batman the Animated Series, uh, the new Scooby Doo Mysteries, a uh, bunch of bunch of old shows like that. And he was also he also also had a really small bit in Young Frankenstein. I don't know who's seen Young Frankenstein. I'm sure all of us here have. Um, but he Ben. <laughs> it's a great movie. You got to watch it. Um, it's my favorite comedy. But he's the guy in the beginning of the classroom uh, who's trying to convince Frankenstein, and Frankenstein gets mad and he stabs himself yeah. with the scalpel. Um, he's that. He's that guy. He did a lot of a uh, lot of live action work also. So that's a that's a shame. Great voice actor. Great actor. Yeah. Really comedic actor. Um, Brian Dennehy passed away this week. He was most notable for the father and Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, he was in First Blood, the first Rambo movie. He was the dad in Ratatouille. Uh, he passed away at the age of 81. Um, apparently, he was also a Tony Award winner for the for Death of a Salesman. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he started in, in sports and became a Tony Award winning actor. That was really cool. Yeah. He's in Ratatouille. He's in a lot of stuff. He's in a lot. Yeah. Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. He's in a lot of good things. Uh, yeah, tons, he's in, tons of stuff. Shame. Rick May passed away this week also at the age of 80 due to COVID-19 uh, and a stroke. Had a one-two punch. Uh, he's most notable for the, for, um, was Sarge from Team Forest, from Team, Team, uh, Team Fortress. Yep. Team Fortress 2. The video game Team Fortress, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Star Fox. He was the big floating de demon hen. I forgot the name at the moment. He was also the voice of Peppy Harris. Andros? Yeah. Andros. Yeah. Andros and Peppy the Harris. Yes, you're right. Yeah. She is the one who always said, do a barrel roll. Yeah. Hmm. He also... Uh, he was also uh, he also did a one man show for theater. Sorry, I guess Theater Roosevelt. Like one of those things was trying to get people into theater. So he to do that he would play Theater Roosevelt in one man show. Awesome. A uh, lot of a lot of voice credits. I wish I could name most of them here, but uh, there was he's been in video games, anime, like tons of stuff, tons of stuff. Uh, and Sullivan passed away this week, also at the age of ninety one, due to COVID nineteen. Um, he she was a Disney animator. Um, she also worked on Hanna Barbera cartoons uh, in the early in the early fifties and sixties. Um, she worked with Disney up through the year two thousand. She worked on movies like Little Mermaid, The Lion King, Lilo and Stitch, and all, all sorts of things like that. So, great animator. Yeah. Uh, Kiji, Keiji Fujiwara. Yeah. Uh, passed away this week at the age of fifty three. COVID nineteen related. Fun fact about him: He is Robert Downey Jr.'s voice double for for Japan releases of all, of all the Marvel movies. He's Iron Man. Yeah, he's Iron Man. That's what I thought was kind of cool. Tons of anime and video game work, such as Final Fantasy VII, both the original and the remake. I think uh, it was a Full Metal Alchemist. Full Metal Alchemist. Uh, he's Death a, Note. He's Axel in Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom oh, Hearts. Axel. Yeah. Um. So that that's that's a shame. Yeah. Um. Gene Deitch. I'm pronouncing that one right. Uh, passed away this week at the age of 95. He was an animator for shows like Popeye and uh, Tom and Jerry. Um, great animator. Uh, wrote a book. Won an Oscar for an animated short film. So that sucks. 
lived in Poland during during World War II and still still directed episodes of Popeye. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Paul Haddad also passed away this week at the age of 56. Uh, he's most known for Leon Kennedy for and Resident Evil 2. Um, yeah, he, was, he was recasted. Yeah. And uh, but he was also Quicksilver in the original X-Men Mayweather series. Yes, he was. All those sad, sad deaths. Yeah. So uh, uh, some of them seemed like they were up in age. So like, I hope not all of them were COVID. Like, it's yeah, weird to say, yeah. like, thankfully, they didn't die, like, because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, but it's still a shame all the way around that. Yeah. A lot of a lot of great talent. Yeah. In, in the school. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. needs to find a new voice double. Well, he's not Iron Man anymore, so he doesn't, not really. You're right. Um, all right, so we had some COVID-19 news uh, outside of all that stuff, some uh, updates due to, to, to the COVID uh, coronavirus. More like canceled con. Uh, I'm not giving it to you. Damn it. All right, Sorry. Gamescom uh, was uh, is going to be a digital exclusive convention this year. This is a famous <laughs> video, game, big video game convention from Germany. It's the uh, biggest convention in the world, more than San Diego and New York Comic Con combined. That and I did not know. That's cool. It holds like two hundred fifty thousand people. It's wow. the biggest convention like in the world. Uh, it's going to be a digital exclusive con, uh, con this year, and they're going to refund everyone's money, everyone's tickets, uh, due to uh, due, due to um, Germany's restrictions uh, due to the coronavirus. Makes sense. And the news that everyone has been anticipating, nobody was surprised by, San Diego Comic-Con is canceled this year. Yeah. Uh, it said they are going to just pick it up next year. Yep. Um, they, hope. they hope. This is the first time in 50 years that the convention has been is not going to happen. Um, but next year they will return in July. They've already got the dates line, lined up. Uh, they are issuing refunds as well. WonderCon uh, was the last we heard of WonderCon. We kind of knew it was going to be canceled, but last we heard officially was it was postponed. I got uh, it has now been officially canceled, yeah. and they are mm -hmm. going to postpone it until next year in March. Yep. Anime oh, Expo yeah. also got canceled as well. Oh, I mm -hmm. missed that. Really? Yeah. That yeah. The same the same uh, day the same day Comic Con got canceled. That was the big thing because uh, one of my coworkers he got tickets to both Anime Expo and San Diego Comic Con, and they're both done for. Bummer. Uh. Experts have been saying this week, and I, I'm not like trying to. CDC research experts have been saying that they're hypothesizing right now no gatherings like sports stadiums, concerts, and conventions should happen again until 2022. Wow. Damn, that's what they're saying at the moment. Well, no, because yeah, like there's gonna uh, not to talk about the virus, but like it's going down, but it's gonna have an increase again when everybody feels safe and everyone goes out again. So like that's that's that sucks. Yeah, everyone everyone who's paying attention and like is looking at what what the people who are actually studying the virus are saying are saying yes, things are are getting a little bit better right now because places in the country are obeying the curb, places around the world are trying to do what they can. This virus is gonna have a second wave, and truly, we are not out of the woods until there is a vaccine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everyone's wait that's what everyone should be waiting for. And and yeah. that's what they're basically saying is like no sensibly there shouldn't be conventions, concerts, or those kind of things until a vaccine exists. And they yeah. don't expect a vaccine exi to exist next year. Not yeah. at that point early enough to do that. Yeah. Uh the anime convention, the anime expo was probably overshadowed by Comic Con, which is why I missed it. Yeah. Uh but yeah, that 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 is that is all true, uh, Sparks. All of it. Um Disney. Really, some uh, got some new stuff. They decided to 
push Soul. Uh, we kind of figured they would, but until now they made it. Official. I thought it was weird that they hadn't. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Soul has been pushed from its June from its June nineteenth date to November twentieth. Um, Ooh. So Godzilla screwed. <laughs> Doesn't like Black Widow come out November too? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude, the new summer is just going to be at the end of the year. Here's Holy November. Shit. Here's November. It is Black Widow, uh, Godzilla vs Kong, No Time to Die, and Soul. Dude, Godzilla's farted. Oh my yep. god, that poor boy. That our poor boy. <laughs> Look what they done to my yeah. boy. Godzilla. Godzilla moved there. Like we're safe here, right? We can we can make some money here, right? Disney, Disney, Disney. Damn it. <laughs> And apparently the coronavirus just popped its ugly head. It's like, you sure about that? Also, also, I also feel bad for Warner Brothers in a way because they keep waiting for major events to release the trailer, but every major event that they're going to release a trailer for keeps getting postponed. So yeah. the trailer hasn't dropped yet. Yeah, uh, I... Mm, I just... I, I would expect that we're still going to keep seeing some some shifting of movie dates because I don't necessarily believe theaters open again in June. I don't think so either. In two months, no way. <laughs> no, I, yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of things are still going to shift around. Uh, we'll see. I think uh, Godzilla gets pushed to next year. I think so too. I think that's safe. So I, I, I don't think that they'll try to release it in November amongst all those things if those things are still staying there. Yeah. Um, like for real, like of all the of all like the fandoms, like Godzilla, like the American fandom for Godzilla is the lowest compared to like james bond or a marvel movie you know so like godzilla's gotta move or it is it's bombing dude there's no way yeah. it doesn't bomb or i'd argue even pixar fandom yeah I mean, king of the monsters yeah. king of the monsters already underperformed which made them move it from a from a may release date to a november release date and so. yeah if you don't think that congress godzilla doesn't cost way more than that movie too you're crazy yeah so like oh what a shame uh raya and the last dragon has been moved from its november 25th uh, release date to march 12th 2021 yeah basically they did the same thing that they did they did with the marvel movies but with animated pictures for disney pixar because they gave soul the raya spot and moved yeah. raya on and uh we finally have a date for artemis fowl uh originally going to be released in theaters on may 29th it will now be released disney plus on june 12th don't you mean august 2018 oh yeah that's right originally so coming out this surprised me because I honestly thought we'd get a date next month. Yeah. I, I mean, is like in next month, in May. Yeah. Oh, you're I, right. They're wanting to release it uh, pr- when they're hoping at this moment theaters will be open up again and people will have other options. Yeah. I'm surprised that they're not trying to capital capitalize on what little is going on and release it in May because like it's done. Just yeah. move the just just move the same date. Have the same date. Just release it on Disney Plus instead. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't know. That's a little weird. Yeah. Um, what was the? Oh yeah. Did you guys hear that they're releasing the Mandalorian like uh, a Mandalorian like behind the scenes series? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited yes, for that. I didn't, but I'm excited now. Yeah. yeah. Can't wait. For I think that. they're trying to pump up whatever they can on Disney Plus right now that they have in the uh, in the wheelhouse to edit and make. Yeah, because that second yeah. season is only like four or five months away right right so like yeah but that but now it might be further away because of work they'll have to do in post which they're not able to go to the studios and do yeah Yeah. so i think they're trying to beef up the service with what they can uh for the moment because there's very little that they can do again another reason why i'm like why aren't you releasing artemis foul when there's literally nothing else to talk about yeah yeah agreed um 
so some comic book news happened this week. Big comic book news happened this week. We're saved. <laughs> uh, DC Comics has announced a new distribution strategy to get comics out uh, to get comics onto the shelf on April at the end of April. Yeah, that's uh, a week or two. <laughs> April twenty eighth. Uh, this is split. This is split retailers. I'm going to say what the news is first, and then we'll discuss like how wh where we fall on the side of it. Um, so DC has partnered with Lunar Distribution and UC and UCS Comic Distributors. Now these are new companies that have been created by uh, Discount Comic Book Services (DCBS) and Midtown Comics, two large comic book retailers. Mm -hmm. um, a limited number of books will be available, and I'll have a link of what books are available in the description below, so you guys can check it out. Um, it's not Batman, just uh, Justice League is coming out, but like Batman, Superman books not coming. This is like. Hawkman, Green Lantern, Dollhouse, Daphne Byrne. These are small books that are not that are not big blockbuster books. Um, discounts will be upheld for retailers, so they'll still have wholesale discounts. Same discounts that Diamond supposedly, uh, though it's not entirely clear. Um, they will have to replace. They will have to place new orders. So retailers are going to have to place new orders if they want these books with these new distributors, uh, as well as new orders with Diamond if they want to stay with Diamond, which they are also able to do. Um, new comic book day will be changed to Tuesday instead of Wednesday through this new distributor service. Oh, Sacrilege. I, don't, I don't like change. <laughs> and uh, it, it's not available outside of the country. Um, no plans to put it outside of the country because Diamond, uh, but they are hopeful that it could be, I guess. And they're not going to distribute collectibles. So this is just DC. No other, no other, com no other company has done this so far. So where do we fall on this side? On this side, because so distributors are split. Um, I mean, I think it's fair that not everyone's on the same page here. Um, yeah. I think it's interesting that. So this was the one that surprised me. Like all of the others, like you said, are small titles. Yeah. Not, not big pulls except flash. The oh, flash, yeah, flash is, is coming out, which kind of surprised me that it was on the list. Um, I don't like it to be honest. <clears throat> I, I have an actual, I like, like a, my very first conspiracy theory that I've ever had. What if they're? What if the next couple of months or whatever um, are tying into the five G stuff, and they're going to put a hold on it, and all the books that don't tie into anything like that, they can put out so they can fix it while they have the time. Maybe. Why wouldn't you put? You're putting Batman and the Outsiders out in the Flash, but you're not putting Batman out. Why? Well, they're, putting, they're not putting Batman out, and the reason what the, the the explanation for why they're not putting Batman out is because because most stores are closed. They want everyone to be able to buy Batman ninety two because it's a hot it's a hot ticket item right now because it's going to be the first appearance of Punchline. So this is, but that's all the more reason why I don't like this. Yeah. Uh, this this seems like, what this seems like to me is like a more public shooting gallery of titles that they don't really care about, except for Flash for some reason, uh, of titles that they don't really have faith in or care about, much the way that Marvel was talking about a third of things will be shut down, but that was more private. Yeah. yeah. This feels like a public, these are the books that we don't really care how how widespread they get in their coverage of going to yeah stores. i don't i don't understand this this idea this method of releasing this is going to sound wrong but like i mean it's like they're releasing all the books that not the, that nobody wants like we want like the, the majority of people want the batman they want the justice league of books the three weeks of the three weeks that they're doing this only two books are on my poll list it's that's so weird to me like 
they want to make as most, most money that they can in this time of crisis where they need funds. I feel like if you're trying to sell Hawkman number 11 or whatever, that's not a big seller. That's not going to get you the money you need. And you're only satisfying a portion of the audience that Batman really could serve more for. Yeah, my, hi- my hypothesis would be that it's like it's supposed to be a test run of if it works with these other distributors, if the relationship is good and that kind of stuff. But use big books. I agree. That's <laughs> what I'm saying is like I think that's the maybe the logic of it is yeah. that it's a test. But it doesn't make sense to me to run the test with subpar stuff because that's not that's not going to prove the returns of working that way. Regardless of the quality, Mm -hmm. like uh, like Batman and the Outsiders, it's not a big selling book. They're putting that one out because, like, yeah, uh, I don't get it. On both ends of the spectrum, this puts uh, for the stores where this can happen, and they are the whole country is at shelter in place. What am I talking about? Yeah, this is putting people at unnecessary risk to go to their store to get the comics. Yeah. It's just not necessary to do this. It's not essential. I love the comic book industry. I want to uh, I want to support. I want it to keep going. But this is unnecessary uh, to be doing this right now. We shouldn't be pushing a reason for people to go out and get comics on a single day. On the one hand, that's why it makes me happy that there's nothing where it's like demanding you must go there. It's these smaller titles. So only if you really were invested in those already. But if you are one of those people who's like really into The Flash and you want to go get the next issue of The Flash... I'm sorry that you have to go out right now. This is not how it should be functioning. And on the other end of that spectrum is that um, I I feel like this is a, a bad example of like how much people care about comics during this time because it's not going to get back the sales that they would normally expect exactly, for yeah. those stores. It's not really being a boost to them because it's not those big stay titles. So in a lot of places, people aren't going to go out and buy them even if they could. Yeah. Because they don't want them, and that's not proving anything good to the companies. That's a really good perspective. One of the other things, though, that is that that is giving a lot of retailers pause. And I'm going to put I put in the description below uh, the latest episode of Fat Man Beyond, which is Kevin Smith and Mark Bernard's podcast. Uh, on it, Jim Lee talks about this new distribution method. And uh, my former boss, Ryan and I's former boss, Car D'Angelo, uh, is on and he's interviewed about this new distribution method and how retailers feel about this. Uh, and I think that's a really good that's a really good place to like, start of what how retailers are feeling. First off, this is a distri- these are two new distribution companies uh, that are created by direct competitors. So in order to get this, you have to give Midtown Comics your sales. You have to say it's in Midtown Comics. This is how much I, I generally sell this comic. You're giving a competitor what you make already. Mm-hmm. That's giving a lot of people pause, and I can totally see why, because you're going to support a competitor and hope that that competitor will support you. Yeah. And that's a tough position for retailers to be in, especially for Midtown, to be, which is a, such a big comic book company. Especially that they have to make new orders with them and choose if they want to keep their Diamond orders or not. Right. Which, what does that mean for their relationship with Diamond for the other titles that aren't part of this distribution deal right, right now? They will be distributed through Diamond when this is all over, when this is all done. Those, t- sure. so those titles will still get distributed through Diamond. So then what happens to the smaller companies? Do they lose those DC titles? Do they just go away? Like, is it is it just a fail-safe if this happens again? I don't know what the, I don't know what the long term. It feels like this is just a patch. See, but that's not what... You never, you never want to put a patch on a flat tire. You need right. a new tire. <laughs> right. And it, this, is, this is what this feels. This is what it feels like to me. This is just a patch because yeah. if you don't choose to go through this comic, through these new distributions, when Diamond reopens, you'll get these comics anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, it, yeah, it feels very unnecessary. Yeah. And I know it's scary. Like, 
of course it's a business they need to make money they need to continue to make money or else all this could go under but at the same time look at the world and the world that in the state of the world it's in like karen needs her haircut and, and karen does need her haircut I, my my actually um never mind karen uh <laughs> You need to look at the broad scheme of things. I'm like, nobody is watching movies. Nobody is getting a haircut. I know people want comics, but maybe now is not the time to put comics out. I know you need to do it. Just don't. Because because this patch is going to get ripped off, and then more people are going to get hurt from under. Still, still, retailers are still closed. Some retailers, like, look, California is able to do mail order. Some places aren't even supposed to do that. Sure. Yeah. And, that's, and that's the thing is, like, uh, if the comic industry were still trying to run through this, would Ryan and I be going to the comic store and supporting it? Absolutely. Would we want to be doing it? Not necessarily. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily want to be putting myself at in that situation every single week, even though I want to support the comic shop. Yeah. It, I sh it shouldn't be a choice right now uh, while we're in the midst of this pandemic, which people should be taking seriously. Yeah. And I feel like this is a weird, this is a weird, not, not helpful situation. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't think it's helping anybody in particular. I don't think it's helping comic stores that much in particular in the general overall sense and I don't think it's helping the public. You know what this also worries like this scares me like they're putting out all of their small books out, right? If those books do not sell, then they're like, "Oh, well nobody's buying them, so we can cancel them." That's exactly that's what, what I'm saying. That's what terrifies me about them putting all the small that's, books out. That's why I said it's yeah. a public shooting gallery of these books except yeah. Flash is weirdly on that list. No, yeah. I've seen I've seen the other side too, which is, "Hey, at least we're getting comics, which is it's just going to bring in revenue." I yeah. get that. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Higgins of the Comics Conspiracy podcast and the and the store has is in full support of this type of type of service because, you know, rightfully so most retailers don't like Diamond. Diamond's a little screwy. Yeah. Um, that's what happens I when you have a monopoly. I totally get that. You want a new distribution service, but you want uniformity with a new distribution service. You don't want a patch to something that could potentially be make things worse. And these are two different companies doing this, right? They're not, are they, yes. are they, so like, one, they could one side gets the East Coast, one side gets the West Coast. The yeah. answer, the answer, if you really want to do it for this situation, is the very obvious make them digital and purchase them through your local comic store, you get the digitals as they were supposed to come out right now, and you go pick up the physicals when, it's ready. when the pandemic is over. That's how this should be operating for all the comics. That's how it was going to be like a week or two ago. And That's then, here's, the, here's the other thing, here's the other thing that, that, that worries me. If DC Comics goes forward with this, and Diamond released their own statement uh, about this in a really nice way, but this could ruin DC Comics' relationship with Diamond. Yeah. And if so... People aren't going to be able to get DC Comics, at least until they figure out another patch. Right. Yeah. There was a thing that a little while ago. No, I mean, in the '90s, Marvel tried to distribute through their own through their own company, and it didn't work very well. And they had to go back to Diamond. Um, it could get to a point where some stores will not be able to will not be able to 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 put DC Comics on the shelves because Diamond won't carry them anymore. I, uh, I think that there is something that needs to be done about diamonds distribution system in the comic industry. Now is not the time to deal with that fire while there is a much bigger fire of what happens to the entire comic industry that's going on. Yeah. yeah. Deal with the diamond fire later. Shouldn't, shouldn't be poking that bear at all. Yeah. This is not the time. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, comics hub, the comics hub idea was a good idea and I'm sad that it didn't go forward with it. Yeah, I mean, like, it made the most logical sense. I understand that it's very complex and hard to get through, but frankly, I hope it's something that they consider revisiting the longer that this pandemic goes on. Yeah. It looks like you're sleeping, Ben. Nope. <laughs>
Um, okay. <laughs> tell, me you, tell me what you think about all this. Uh, well, part of me really is happy that DC is trying their best to get comics out there. At the same time, I don't want, I feel they're doing a disservice to themselves and to us. I mean, yeah, they're like, yeah, let's get these books out. It's like, cool, I'll finally be able to read Batman, Superman, and all this other stuff. You won't. That's what, what we're talking about. You're not going to be able to read Superman and Batman. Exactly. I'm, what do what you, it's, that's the thing. As a fan, you want to read the Green Lantern? I'll read the Green Lantern, but that's it. Yeah, but besides that, it's like they're doing the service. It's like, okay, they're. I don't know if this is a way for them to try to shine a spotlight on their smaller books, so people it's like, or this is like a corkscrew way for them to get those numbers up, so people can it's buy them. Gonna, it's not gonna. It, help. It's but it's not. If they weren't buying them before, they're not gonna buy them now. They're just exactly. people are just yeah. gonna. You know what was a great? Sorry, Ben. You know what was a really great way to help comic book stores? What? What's going on right now? Comics for comics for um, what's creators the um, creators for comics creators for whatever yeah creators for kids uh, that that auction that is going on on Twitter and Instagram right now still going on is awesome yeah. people yeah. are raising so much money to help stores and it's beautiful yeah I, I yeah. love it I love it Jason Aaron was like bid for my appearance on a podcast and someone bid like fifteen hundred dollars I'm like shit yeah oh, there there you go. Yeah. All the the writers and artists are, uh, and and editors are going out of their way to like, yeah, uh, all this money is going to go to helping people. We just want to help. So right. like, so many great commissions are happening. Like Mike Mignola, I know you've seen him, random. Yeah. That dude is like, he's doing like dozens of drawings every day of like the Kool Aid Man and the Rice Krispie people and like Godzilla and it's like in his style. And Did like, you see the Greg Capullo um, uh, uh, Clayface commission? Oh, I don't think so. Beautiful, beautiful. Oh. I mean, it's it's really nice to see them doing that, and it's it makes sense because they're keeping their own industry alive and they're helping everyone by doing it. Yeah, yeah and it, yeah. it it's nice because it is something they can do at home, yeah, uh, yeah. and that's really 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 nice to see. Um, I I again I go back to I still think we're at a point where the comic industry is just another one of the businesses that's I don't think taking seriously the longevity of this situation and finding functional solutions yeah i was gonna say i dream of the day where i can walk back into comic madness and pick up my pole again i cannot wait for that to happen but until we're everyone is being safe as long as there's there's a guarantee of safety i am willing to be patient i can wait I mean, hell, I've waited how long for games like Kingdom Hearts three and Final Fantasy seven remake? I could wait for I could wait a few months for comics. We we uh, wait ten years for games, Ben. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I could, but I could wait for comics. Um, I think the, the comic industry they just need to just they just need to realize how how. God damn it! I can't find the words for this. Son of no, I mean, I get they're scared. Everyone's scared. Yeah. yeah, everyone's freaked out. I mean, trust me, I get scared every time I go to work for crying out loud. I get scared by being alive. Like, <laughs> I, mean, I can only imagine what these doors are feeling like right now. These are yeah. small businesses. Small oh, businesses yeah. are going to suffer, and I understand yeah. the, the hope that you want you want to help. But right now, there are bigger fires to deal with. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Like four small businesses uh, in our hometown brand and that aren't comic shops uh, had to close because of the coronavirus. And because, yeah. and because frankly, because my girlfriend works for a small business, uh, I know that um, all the banks 
the day that they were supposed to get all the like stimulus money to help small businesses, mm -hmm. they mm -hmm. ran out in the first six hours and that was it. They ran out of the money very quickly and now they don't have it. And a bunch of small businesses are getting nothing. Yeah. It's almost like it wasn't enough. Anyway. <laughs> it's almost like a whole bunch of millionaires dipped into it or something. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. Um, did you see Rachel Bloom's post about like, I have an idea instead of killing 3% of the population to restart the economy. Why don't we kill the Forbes the Forbes top list? Yeah. Top Forbes right, list. where she listed how like, oh, does that sound immoral? Cool. So also killing 9 million people, which is a higher number, is also immoral. Yes. God. Anyway, Diamond released a, released a statement saying that they're looking to restart the, to restart distribution uh, mid to late May. That's they're, they're kind of operating at a point like there will be a date when we can open. This mm -hmm. is our projected date. So we're going to operate as if we're going to eventually reopen. So they're basically taking steps instead of just being like, okay, day one, we're open. Yeah, a lot of, pe a lot of places I feel like they're doing that. They're just what, like, okay. What they're... I actually appreciate about it, Ben, is that um, they're, they're like, this is what we're planning on, mm -hmm. but we are, we're not going to bank on it. We're just I, going to take the steps. I don't know who exactly said it. I want to say it was some minister. It was someone, one of the head guys up in Canada, because someone... I, the, the meme was going around. Uh, it was you know, he was asked like, when do you, when can things open up? And he said, as fast as possible, but as slow as needed. Right. Good answer. Mm -hmm. right. That's kind um, of what Diamond did. Yeah. I I I agree with something Ryan was saying earlier about uh, how this is going to come back in a wave. And I think what irritates me so much about this situation is I don't I feel like everything is just like oh, it'll just be better soon and we'll just wait. We'll keep putting off the date and then we'll just go back to normal. And they're not adjusting to the fact that so many so many people are saying like, we're going to have to shelter in place again. Yeah. In mm -hmm. the next year, once we're out, we're going back in for a period of time. It will happen. The thing is like- uh, It's very, very likely unless yeah. we get a vaccine. And because the businesses are just waiting for that postponed date, they're not coming up with plans of how to deal with this when that happens a second time. If it ever happens a second time, regardless of the fact that everyone's saying it probably will happen within the next year, mm -hmm. we should be prepared for if it happens in 10. These places should be coming up with plans to make this function in case this ever does happen. The thing is when everyone's like, oh, like we got to... We, we're, it's going to be a couple months before we're back to normal. We got to realize that normal isn't going to be normal anymore. The world is going to be a different place after this. We are not going to be as close as we used to be. Like things like this are going to become a lot more normal is what, is what I'm saying. So like uh, people need to realize like normal is going to be something very different in the next year. Uh, it's, it's going to be a lot more chilling at home. <laughs> and I think that, so I just think that's what irritates me is I don't feel like the comic industry, like the, the, the big wigs or, or plenty of the other entertainment industries are taking it seriously enough to make a plan for that situation. Yeah. Well, my anxiety is through the roof. Let's talk about something else. Yeah. <laughs> um, what'd you say, Sparks? Papa gummy. Okay. No, I'm out. I can't go. I can't go get more. Order for delivery. We did it. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I think they have a delivery service. Did oh. you live in LA? You have more options than the universe. Dude, we got literally the same thing that you take. You're good. Yeah. Like You All can right. totally have it delivered. <laughs> uh, also, there's the money aspect. Oh, by the way, I don't mind saying this online. Guys, unemployment... The stimulus package added six hundred dollars to everyone's unemployment. I woke up with more money than I've ever had in my life. Yeah. So, uh, so, so the thing is that once you've now that we've hit this week going forward, everyone who's getting the unemployment benefits till the end of July, 
they're getting unemployment, whatever their benefit range is, plus 600 a week. That's, yeah, that's fantastic. Right? <laughs> um, that's fantastic for uh, the people who don't have jobs. That sucks for the people who are working and are making less money than the unemployed So people. here's here's the thing. Your, your unemployment benefits would have to come under 450. So this is helping like people who are in part-time situations okay. and that kind of thing. So like if Megan did it, right? Because uh -huh. of Megan's amount, her unemployment benefits would probably be above 450. So okay. if she did it, she wouldn't get that extra 600. Okay. I but want that money. Because I'm minimum wage. My unemployment benefits were under 450. And so I added $600. Mine are under 450 because I just got my, I just didn't got my unemployment thing. So you're going to start getting plus 600. Thank you. I, President. I hate you. I love you. <laughs> I'm also in that, that boat. So. And so one of the things that, one of the things that I wanted to bring so up. So this sucks for Ben. Sorry, Ben. Well, what, hey, what I was, I was, is like Bernie Sanders was talking about, like when people were like, we're disputing this. She was like, oh my God, people would have more money to, to save. Oh no. Like we should be paying people more anyway. Hey, once I was lucky enough to get my stimulus check like direct deposited, and once I got that, I split that shit in half, half into savings, half to my credit card. I'm like, okay, I don't have to worry about that for a while. I haven't gotten the stimulus check yet. Smart boy, smart boy. I hope that the post office lets you go soon. <laughs> I want you to be able to stay at home. Yeah, yeah so you can be at, together with us separately. PlayStation. So moving on, uh, PlayStation. Um, Jim Ryan, the, play, the president of PlayStation, announced Play at Home Initiative, which is going to be a $10 million creative fund designed to aid indie developers. Uh, so it's $10 million goes to indie, de indie developers. Um, and we'll also be giving away free-to-download copies of Journey, the 2013 game, great game, and Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection. Yep. Uh, I think more later, but for right now, that's what they're doing. Um, and it's going to be available to all PS4 customers, from April 15th to May 5th. Which I thought was a cool. Yeah. yeah Journey cool. is one of those indie titles that has just taken the world by storm. Uh, everyone, every person I've heard who's talked about Journey, who knows who's played Journey, absolutely loves I it. So it. That, I played that, it. That, Short that, that, game, there only like two hours. Yeah, yeah, but apparently one of the best games ever made, right? Yeah, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So doing it on Basement Arcade. Ooh. I think Ooh. the $10 million to indie developers is really great. Also. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. All right, let's get out of the COVID shit. Let's talk about Bye. some other stuff, some fun Bye. stuff. Uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Sam Raimi cheekily confirmed that he is directing the movie. He and... like a side interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was really great and really awesome. I can't wait. This is the best situation after losing uh, Scott, Scott Derrickson. Derrickson. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I when Ryan, you texted us Mephisto for Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely yeah, i want that so bad some artist i i don't remember i don't think it was boss logic but somebody made an artist rendering of him as mr sinister i saw that too and i commented wow my favorite dr strange villain mr sinister <laughs> <laughs> he's not that's the dumbest shit and so no, i saw that cool. too <laughs> no Sparks, anyway. i saw that uh, picture too and i thought i was like is that mr sinister that, that doesn't look like mephisto I, either way it should be mr sinister oh you and mcgregor Yes. After after oh, Hard yeah. yeah. Prey, where he's just like super sassy, like oh god, he'd be perfect. Oh for god, of course he can. Yeah. He can be. I agree. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, Agents of Shield has a return date of May twenty seventh for season seven. Uh, I normally wouldn't have brought this up, but I think it's really cool that Enver. Oh man, good joke, Cash. Sure. 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I like this actor a whole lot, and I can't even yeah. pronounce the last name. Um, is returning as da- Agent Daniel Souza from the Agent Carter TV series uh, for this next season. And this awesome. is of interest. Is he playing like her, his grandson, or something? No, he's, no, he's playing. playing. He went back yeah. in time. Oh, I remember now. That's in right. this season, okay, he's yeah, yeah. playing himself. I remember. That's yeah. awesome. Um, I think there's rumors that Carter is back too. I don't remember if I, I, nothing nothing has been substantiated that she'll be in it. I believe it. But he's last. he's coming back. He's awesome. I really like him. He's one of my favorite characters from that from that Asian Carter TV show. Um, I remember he's also the best part of Dollhouse, and Dollhouse mm-hmm. was a great was was pretty great when it didn't focus yeah. on the Lord Um And uh, I thought that was really cool. I might actually check it out for him. I like so I have a theory now about Agents of Shield because of this and yeah. it tying in like that. They could establish that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They won't. They won't. Let me be clear. They won't. Uh, they could establish that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because of how season six goes, right? Mm-hmm. That's the uh, Earth that Steve ends up living on with Peggy. Oh. The other timeline that he ends up living in because events spill out differently after Infinity War. It's true. Yeah. I'd be into that. Yeah. I'm not against it. As long as they establish that there's two different timelines. Yes. Yeah, I know. They'd have to do that, which they never will. No. Um, I want them to look but I was thinking, but I was thinking because they're in the past, and I'm like, if you did some cheeky shit in there to acknowledge Peggy is now with Steve, then it then everything Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been, oh, it's the other timeline. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, the Mandalorian, apparently Migna Wen is going to return for season two of The Mandalorian. Good. Yeah. But it didn't... character. I mean, even though she got shot in her episode, it didn't specifically say she died, so... Yeah, that, that was a little surprising, but I'm glad because I I was hyped about her showing up in the show, and then she did very little. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what The Mandalorian was. Like, oh, I'm super hyped to get this character. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, Untitled Cassian Andor TV series is still trugging along as best they can. Stellan Skarsgård, Thor's own... Uh, is in talks to join the series. Cool. I, I like that. Be yeah, I'm into that. All right. No word on who he'd be, but it's cool. Having having just re-seen the first two Thor films in the background while doing homework, um, I wish that they would bring Selvig back. Yeah. Me too. But I'm, I, I, I'm I, hope, show. I hope with TV will. Yeah. yeah. I, I have a feeling with Jane coming back and Kat Dang's coming back, they'll find a place for Selvig. Yeah. Yeah. Remember oh, that time when Taika could do such good comedy with him? Don't you remember that time when Kat Dennings and Eric Selvig uh, figured out what was going? No, <laughs> in that young adult book that that young read? adult book that didn't matter. Oh, I remember that. And maybe he was like teasing an eyeless or something, but it didn't do anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, this happened last week, and I totally forgot to bring it up. But Netflix is de- is developing the adaptation of Sweet Tooth from Robert Downey Jr. Um, Sweet Tooth is the Jeff Lemire book. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is producing it with his wife, um, and it's got a series order at Netflix. It was initially got a pilot order at Hulu, but then it's now moved to a series order at Netflix. Um, Jim Mickle and Beth Schwartz, Arrow, um, is going to show run the series. Uh, Downey, I guess, is interested in starring, but there's no word if he will or not. Yeah. So, um, correct. I I don't remember. We talked. Did we talk about the boom? The boom deal? No. It's coming up right now. Okay. Um, as Sparks mentioned, Boom Studios has signed a first look deal with Netflix. Uh, they formerly had the same deal with 20th Century Fox that expires in, in January 2021. Uh, so Netflix will 
begin to move forward on more Boom Studios stuff if they would like. Um, things like Lumberjanes, Once in Future, Mouse Guard. Backstagers. Backstagers. Uh, Klaus. Uh, Netflix already has a Klaus. Only one allowed. Call it something else. I want it. Klaus. I don't care what you call it. I just want it. Uh, there's an awesome picture of, I, I believe her name's Noelle Stevenson, the, the creator of Lumberjanes. And she's like, she's in like an office meeting, like pitching the Lumberjanes TV show. And it has such like badass pitch energy. It's like, this is my show and I'm cool. Make yeah. my show. And it's happening now. Cool. Uh, I would love it if they would make a Lumberjanes backstagers, like two shows and then have them cross over. Mm. I mean, they got, they got the entire yeah. room. Like, yeah, yeah. They have the woods. They could do something with the woods. We've got a lot of stuff. Yo, the woods is so good. I, I need to finish it. I'm like I've liked the last two volumes. Um, yeah. This also, hey, Mouse Guard could live again. Yeah. Good. It very well could. Mouse Guard would look good in the uh, Klaus animation. Yeah, I'm. I'm still sad that Mouse Guard movie's not happening. Instead of making it like a two hundred million dollar. Uh, epic movie just put like make it like a nice show on on make it a nice 2d animated film and i'd yeah. be pretty happy yeah, yeah absolutely um bad robot as we know bad robot had a at a at a deal with warner brothers to develop just like dark stuff or so we heard yeah. uh, now we have a confirmation that hbo max is developing three shows from bad robot from bad robot uh duster which is co-written by jj abrams and latoya morgan who's worked on the walking dead um, set in the Southwest in the 70s, the life of a gutsy ga- getaway driver for a growing crime syndicate goes from awful to wildly, to wildly stupid, dangerously awful. I kind of thought you were going to say gutsy getaway gator. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although I like that better now. What's uh, it called? So it's called Duster. I like it. It's an original series that he's written. Um, that J.J. Abrams has co-written and he'll abandon it for the first episode. Can't um, uh, ben, this one's for you. Um, still raise parents. <laughs> uh, ben, I'm sure you're excited about this one. Overlook, uh, a horror thriller series inspired by and featuring iconic characters from Stephen King's masterpiece The Shining. Um, Overlook explores the untold terrifying stories of the most famous haunted ho- hotel in American fiction. We, we forgot to mention, we watched the newest episode of Westworld, and it's all about switching movie genres. And it, 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 the guy, he takes a drug that makes him... Uh, the drug is called genre. It's called genre. And at a point, he turns into the horror genre, and the dun, dun plays as something sinister happens. That's cool. Like, yeah. That's cool. Um, Castle Rock co-creator, executive producer Dustin Thomason, and co-executive producer Scott Brown are in negotiations to write this series, but nothing has been finalized yet. Cool. Like... Um, I only watched like the first couple episodes of Castle Rock. Castle Rock? That's what it's called Castle Rock. Yeah, Castle Rock. Rock. Um, it's like that's a amalgamation of all of Stephen King's properties just like in its own universe. So I wonder if that's gonna be like kind of like like the overlook is gonna be something like that too. That'd be I, I think they I think Deadline described it as a prequel series. Um, but I could I can I can only imagine that because of how you know we've all seen The Shining, uh, and, uh how, how that kind of works that it'll probably incorporate some time weird logic to incorporate Jack Torrance and shit like that. Yeah. Uh, after, after seeing Dr. Sleep, uh, cause before that, you know, like the, the shining is like hollow ground, but like it is based off a book and the book does have a sequel. So like seeing the, the shining universe again, didn't put me off. Mm-hmm. And I, I originally thought I would, I thought I would. So like, I'm totally down for more shining stuff. Yeah, totally. Um, and the, probably the biggest news was that they're developing a justice league dark TV series for HBO max. Um, 
This is they have not said what it's about. They've not said anything. They've only said a major series based on DC characters in the Justice League Dark Universe. Details to be revealed soon. I will lose my fucking mind if Swamp Thing is in this show. Because sure it's a mask. There's no way they can't just plop him over here. No, that costume's not. It's collecting dust. Skid Zatanna, get John Constantine. I saw the picture of Floronic Man from that show. Jesus. Why not? They could. They could, but will they? They won't get him. Why not? Nah, I don't think so. I don't think they will. I don't think they'll do it. Because he's on the it's it's he's on the CW. He's not going to be on the HBO show. I don't believe it. I just don't believe it. He might not be on the CW for long. Yeah? He could leave after this season. Sure. I'm just looking at the world and how all of our entertainment works. And that but WB of... likes using him because they've had him be the voicing con- of Constantine and things that are the not... CW Seed Show? Yes. No, that are no, not... In the rest of the dark animated series. Animated movies. He's, he's the voice of Constantine in products okay. that are not the CW. Products. I just don't believe yeah. in Hollywood to make my dreams come true at all. That's what I mean. <laughs> I definitely don't believe that Like, it's a, it's a thing that realistically could happen. In my there's dream world, yes. There's an interesting thing with Constantine. Like... His show only lasted 13 episodes and it was canceled. And then yeah. because fans liked him so much, they brought him onto Arrow and then Legend of Tomorrow. And then he's been on the animated. I do think that there is a case to be made, especially with the DC multiverse now established from, from Christ on Infinite Earth, yeah. that Bye, he Julie. could find his way. He could find his way onto this new show. I, hope, I, just want, I want to be wrong. It's just, I, I feel like that once you get past like a budget threshold, I'm like, will they do it? It's just like, I want to, but like, I just, I just don't believe it. Also, they, got the flash, they, got the, they got the flash on the on the crisis, so like I guess anything's possible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else would we like to see on this on the on on Just Sleep Dark? The Swamp Thing, uh, Animal Man. Yeah, Zatanna. You have you can't you have to have Zatanna. She's not. Well, if, if Zatanna's not in there, I'm good. Oh, Dead Man. Yeah, Dead Man. Honestly, yeah. like the, the team that the, the current roster is not bad. Like that's the current roster is not bad. The old roster is also pretty good. Like yeah. uh, and... is Detective Chimp on that as well currently or? detective chip is on it yeah i, I would i would kill like we got we got uh pogo from uh, uh umbrella academy just give me more talking monkeys what That's a weird cool. way to get man bat onto a until live action by the way if they did it this way Ooh. oh yeah okay he's man currently bat? on the justice league dark yeah. oh he is i did not yeah. know that mm-hmm. he turns into this weird like immortal hulk monster in, the, in one of these huh. awesome neat i like the current justice league dark book a lot i think it's really fun um, yeah, all right. So that's cool. I'm excited for that. I'm very um, excited for that. Yeah. Uh, all right. So speaking of streaming services, Peacock released a uh, streaming service for... Our TV turned off, so if you're talking, we can't hear you. So just one second. Hold on. I heard Peacock. There it is. Okay, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Peacock has released a, a release trailer for a bunch of their new shows coming out soon. Hold up. Before uh, we go to trailers, one other thing. Oh. Go for it. One other thing. Yeah, I forgot about it until we were. Oh man, I forgot about it until we were. We were starting. <laughs> I had it open, and then my 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 browser shifted. Um, Vault Comics has announced a new giant robot murder mystery series called Giga. Okay. Give me the creative. Alex Pacnadel and artist John Lee. Uh, it, the setting for Giga is a world where giant mechs fought a war that wiped out all of humanity's urban centers until the mechs suddenly became completely dormant. As a result, humanity began both worshipping the mechs and using their inert bodies as new homes. The plot kicks off when an outcast engineer named Evan Calhoun discovers the corpse of a mech who, of a mech who was apparently murdered. Um, 
the quote from Packendell is, you've seen giant robots battling mechs and kaiju, but what happened decades, even centuries after the fighting stopped? The robots that destroyed our cities became our cities and perhaps inevitably objects of religious worship to boot. Now imagine what would happen if one of these gods come living skyscrapers was murdered. That's our book. That's Giga. That sounds dope. like Gurren Logan meets a pitch for Godzilla I had. The first issue is slated to come out in the summer. Um, Maybe. Yeah. So that sounds awesome. That sounds really great. All right. I had a I had a pitch for Godzilla for a Godzilla pitch a little while ago, where instead of um, instead of like fearing the monsters, they worship them as gods. Uh, and it was kind of like post-apocalyptic, and 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 they like built cities on top of like dormant monsters. Never. So went. everyone treats mo- all the monsters like they treat Mothra. Right. Mm. All right. So uh, uh, Peacock released a trailer for a bunch of their new stuff. One of them being, uh, but the only one we're talking about is Brave New World. This is the new Alden Ehrenreich uh, series based on the book that Ben read. What's it called? Brave New World. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, yeah. So what do we think about this one? I'm into it. Uh, I'm just, I'm really excited. Alden Ehrenreich has something to do yeah. more than anything. A lot of, we're not going to talk about all the trailers from Peacock, but a lot of the Peacock stuff looks pretty good. And I'm like, I don't, I really don't want another streaming service. Like, honestly, of all the trailers I've seen for all these shows that like I'm interested in, like Peacock kind of is like the one I'm like, I could see myself maybe getting a free a month of this. Uh, Peacock, Peacock, I do think has the stronger roster sorry roster of original content in comparison to apple tv and quibi did you guys did you guys see the girl with the golden arm 50 states of fright quibi clip no i i saw people talking about it it's been circling online because it's the it's it's wild i would highly recommend looking it up it's rachel brosnahan from um um Mr. Maisel, um and she has a golden arm and it's killing her, but she's so obsessed with the golden arm that she won't let it go. It's like she's like you've 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 got pulmonary gold disease. We 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 say that you should you should remove the golden arm, and she's like, no, I can't remove my golden arm. I refuse, and so she's dying. She's like dying, and she's in the hospital bed, and she says to her husband, "I had a nightmare. You have to promise me, please, bury me with my golden arm." <laughs> And he's like, "I'll bury you with your golden arm." It's a weird show. This is you said this is the Fifty States of Fright Quibi. Yes, Jesus. But by the way, Quibi now available on TVs, no longer only available on cell phones. Wow, it, it didn't take very long for them to go back on their entire process of what the whole thing was about. It's about being on your phone. Right? Wow, it sucks. All right. Anyway, so yeah, Brave New World looks looks really good. I'm I'm interested in I like, cool I like sci-fi the, world stuff. I like the look of it a lot. I really wish it was on a streaming service I already had. Yeah. Yeah. From what I could tell, from what I remember from the book, they've definitely gotten the orgies right. The orgies? Yeah. There was a term in the book called orgy porgy. Does that? Yeah. Uh, there's. And they like, made you read this for school. Yeah, I read this my senior year of high in school. In Utah? <laughs> no, in well, California. <laughs> That's fair. Inkless class, Inkless class, baby. Yeah, there was a thing called Orgy Porgy, and it was just a bunch of people just straight up banging. There was a bunch of drugs, and um, I barely remember the book. I hate Watch Motherland. Motherland. Everybody bangs in Motherland. That's you like boring. orgies, Ben. Um, Perry Mason. This is the reboot of the Perry Mason TV series. Uh, oh, it's based on novels first. Based on novels. Uh, yes. uh, produced by Robert Downey Jr. Um. He was originally the star, but then he he uh, he grew out of the role. I think. 
Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about this one? I'm most uh, excited for this one, actually. I love the look of it. I love the feel of it. And I love John Lithgow. And I love Tatiana Maslany. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Got a good this, cast. This looks like a really great uh, noir story. And I cannot wait to watch it. Yeah, I'm all about uh, noirs, like 1950s, like Hollywood, like uh, L.A. Confidential and that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I, like, I like dusters, and I like hats, and I like good-looking people punching people. Oh, like old-school revolvers, like just sneaking up in the shadows and shit. Yeah. Um, all right. God of High School, new anime, go, excuse me, going to debut on Crunchyroll. Heck yeah. This is the kind of animation I like to see in my anime. Lots of crazy fights. Lots really of fluid. Like, fluid motion. Yeah. I don't like the I don't like the stiff animation that we see a lot from like the shell shaded animations that we see now. Yeah. Uh, I like the fluidity of animation. I think that's what separates anime from uh, other cartoon formats uh, is that they can have these like, wild fluidity. One of the reasons why I was so disappointed in the Godzilla trilogy is the animation style. I wanted it to be more like this. Yeah, I thought well, that would look awesome. The problem is when you do like traditional hand-drawn 2D animation like this, it costs a thousand times more money than doing a shitty CG Godzilla they can throw out. Yeah. So like the reason you don't always see this kind of fluid animation is because it's really hard and expensive. Yeah. I mean, but there, but but uh, to that point, a lot more anime has been doing a lot more uh, intuitive, really vibrant different things with their animation there i think there was a period where a lot of anime for the most part in a general sense was trying to look very similar yes uh very much produced of the same quality and it's very very vibrant and different now um speaking from like having just finished aizuken which i constantly talked about how wild the animation is in there um brand new animal is another one where the animation is is very different very unique in its style um this is happening now because anime industry is now allowing more time to put quality into the episodes rather than push out a quantity of large amounts which was the norm for i feel like decades. a long time yeah, and now yeah. that's changed and so a lot there's a lot more to find in this kind of animation and this looks like another really good one um there's another anime we're not going to go into it too much um the trailer released uh, like two weeks ago it's called tower of god and tower of god is another one where like the animation style is very very unique it's not the same as this it's not the same as a lot of things that are out there I love it. That's awesome. Like a, a bunch of high schoolers fighting. I've heard good things about this series. A lot of people are pumped up about it, so I'm hoping this is as good as as people are hoping. Was this yeah. also a webtoon originally? That I don't know off the I, top of my I head. I want to say yes, because I think it's actually like the first webtoon turned into an anime. I, I think I want to say yes as well, because I remember when I was looking for the trailer, it said there was a thing for webtoon about it, but I, I, I'm not 100% sure. It's the first webtoon to receive an English translation in anime series. So yeah, okay, interesting, awesome. That's so cool. Because yeah, um, another another famous webtoon that this recently got picked up for a show, Laura Olympus. That's good. I heard of that one. Yeah, yeah. A lot um, of people have been hyped about it, so I'm hope I'm hoping for good things coming out of this. Uh, all right, uh, Capone, Josh Trank is back. He, he. This is his like. This was his like his passion project, his dream project that unfortunately got put on hold because of the last movie he made. Is it uh, weird that it feels like Tom Hardy was born to play this role? No, he looks no. so he looks so good as Capone. Looks so good, like so holy good. god, always got the cigar, cigar, and I like it. It's an aspect of his life where it's like literally the end of his life where he might have dementia or he might be faking it, and like that's such a cool aspect that I really can't wait to see Tom Hardy just be a goofball, like like in Venom. <laughs> I just want to see him be like, I'm an old gangster, or I'm crazy. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm stoked for this. I think this looks really awesome. Yeah. Uh, I liked Josh Trank Chronicle. 
Yeah, the that movie's was awesome. And I, he buckled under the pressure of Fantastic, whatever you want to talk about that movie, but whatever, whoever you want to put blame on. But I think he's this not, he's not the first big director to have a bad superhero movie because lots of times when you get an indie guy going to the big movies, generally, uh, like for Marvel, it works. But like when you take control away from them, uh, it doesn't work. I, th I think it's unfortunate the way he handled it and that that became so publicly known. Yes. Um, I don't blame him for everything, but I certainly think that uh, it, he, he could have handled it better. Yeah. Um, but but this looks cool. This yeah. is this had a theatrical distribution for, uh, for a while, but now it's straight to VOD next month. Oh, cool. I'll pick it up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Dummy, the new Quibi movie? Yes. Series? I don't know. I, I don't know what that is. Everything on Quibi is 10 minutes long. So everything's a series. Segments, so everything's a series. There's no movies. Even if it is. So this is Anna Kendrick's new sex you're, doll comedy. You're correct, though. This looks like it should have just been its own movie. Yeah. yeah. That's With what maybe I a slightly higher budget and not the Snapchat filter looking dummy. Yeah. Oh, God. That, that thing's probably going to give me nightmares. Yeah, it's awful. Uh, so, yeah, and, uh, this show looks charming. Like, if this were a regular TV show that I can just watch on whatever the nine streaming services I have, I'd probably watch it. I like Anna Kendrick. I think the premise is silly enough where I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, there's a movie called Lars and the Real Girl, but that's a very serious, good drama movie. I was going to say the same yeah. thing. Uh, so this is like a way more comedic take on what if you fall in love with a sex doll? Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting. I think I'm not going to watch it, unfortunately. If they put it on DVD, I might pick it up. Yeah. So in like four years, you might watch it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think it looks pretty funny. And I, I heard about it. I was like, oh, this looks funny. And then like from Quibi, I was like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah every second... Quibi show is like, oh, that looks all right. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretty much it's like, this is neat from Quibi. God damn it. Uh, all right. Shall we get into our topic? Why not? All right. So we finally caught up with all you guys. We got no more movies to talk about. Um, yeah. it, it, it is sad. I don't know what, what happened, but hey. It happened. The, the, uh, our checks stopped getting cashed. That guy that we give the checks to, they, they, they don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, we ran out of money, <laughs> like the rest of the country. So we decided to talk about uh, a article that was released by io9. Um, and, and I thought it was, I thought it brought up a bunch of interesting points. Um, basically, it's a, basically the title is, uh, Canon is kill Fascination with Canon is Killing the Way We Value Stories. I thought that was a really interesting take, and I read the whole thing. Um, I hope you guys read it as well. Nope. Yes. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, basically, we were, idea... we were very late on deciding the schedule of this thing, so like, you know. Oh, I man, I asked you a couple days ago, but, but but I think Sparks initially said no, but I don't remember. Yes. I wasn't going to read it then, so I'm sorry. Yeah. That's fine. Basically, the idea is, I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not saying we talk about the article. I'm saying, like, what do we think about this idea that basically the article postulates that these stories have now become checkboxes that, that we are so fascinated with the idea that things have to fit. And the more I know about a thing, the more that it, it means that I am better at that thing. And we see that a lot in fandom and, and I think it perpetuates gatekeeping um, and, uh, and, and the negative light, the negative way is I think it perpetuates gatekeeping in the way that, that because I know more about this thing, I'm a better fan than you. Uh, can I help break this down real quick? Absolutely. Okay, so like the the headline, the the opening argument of the article is is canon detrimental to fandom and to these properties, mm -hmm. and then uh, past that is the uh, at what point is like the checkbox mentality, uh, you know, toxic. Yeah, 
and uh, where does that lead to gatekeeping? Um, I, I kind of want to go bit in those three segments with it. Uh, so let's just talk about first uh, if canon is detrimental. Yes, to, I will say on, uh, I will say in the year of our Lord 2020 on an overall, if I'm just a yes or no answer, the answer is yes, 100%. Just look at the last couple of big blockbuster movies that are sequels to movies, even if they're good or bad. Uh, checklisting is a thing that happens in every property now, whether we like it or not, whether we subconsciously, the creators even are doing it, whether they know it or not. Um, we are so wrapped up in having to know everything. That's why we talked about, Brandon, we talked about having more Clone Wars episodes after, after this last season. I don't need to fill in more Clone Wars. Give me something new. So, like, for me, uh, the answer overall is yes, but that doesn't mean I dislike any of the new canon stuff, because comic books are changing literally every issue. So, like, overall, yes, but it's not that bad. So, I, th uh, I, think, I think the idea – sorry, Sparks, real quickly. I think the idea of having more Clone Wars episodes is just my idea of, like, not necessarily wanting more in that checkbox. is more more to see more stories from that era, because I like that era so much. Yeah. Um, whereas, whereas – you know what? Go ahead, Sparks. What are you trying to say? Well, I was going to say that I, I want to differentiate this argument on, on two sections, which is one just, like, th them – them creators studios trying to follow canon being its own thing and then fans trying to follow canon i think are two separate ideologies mm -hmm. uh when when like i think on this on the token of what ryan just mentioned when they're when they're getting too checkboxy on their own crap uh is is bad um but i don't think when a fan follows a book that has been part of a campaign to tell you that this is part of an expanded background of a character goes to the movie and that background is now gone, that that's necessarily being upset with Canon. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say there? Um, yeah. I, I'm thinking of the Poe Dameron example specifically. Sure. Um, we can talk about Rise of Skywalker for all of this. Right, right. Uh, but but, um, but I, I do want to put out, I just think this is a really lovely quote about this, and I, I'm glad that I saw it, I heard it this week. Um, Joe Cassetta and uh, Dan Didio did Drink and Draw recently. Yeah. Um, have any of you checked that out yet? Not that one. No. Uh, I, I'm a little over halfway through it, but uh, one of them, and I don't remember which one off the top of my head, and I apologize for that, but one of them said, I like to think more of consistency than canon. It's not about canon. It's about consistency. And obviously I think that applies a lot yeah. more to the comic books, but as long as the, the characters and the themes and the, the importance of setting and who they are is consistent, the canon is irrelevant. Yeah. Right. I think that, I think one of the things you bring up also reminds me of a Dan Didio quote from another interview that he did with uh, the Kubert school. And he talked about how one of the difficulties with DC rebirth and DC new 52 was trying to figure out what's canon, what matters. Whereas and he said that Marvel has the right idea. Marvel just says, this story is canon to the last story you just read. Where that story ended, as long as the next story picks up from that, it doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter all the years. As long as the origin is the same and the and the last story is and it's consistent with the last story that you read, who cares? Um, and I, I uh, applying those ideas, I, I do want to say, like, I think in comic books, I pretty much agree. I think mm -hmm. it's consistency is key and canon is not. Yes. Uh, and I'll say that's very specifically about Marvel DC comics yeah. because of how long their history is. Right. I don't think when it's a product and it could be a comic book, but uh, a film, a franchise, anything like that, where a key factor of it is mystery or unearthing clues or unearthing its own history if that is a factor of the story i think canon is key mm -hmm. if you have inconsistent canon the whole thing falls apart right yeah. um and i think that's that's really important I, i'm trying to think of a good comic example so uh i don't know if it's directly what you're talking about but a comic that 
that canon is key and is important is the Immortal Hulk because it, it has Joe fix it. It has the Devil Hulk. It has every Hulk that's ever been. But if you were reading that comic in like 1997 and the Joe fix it is the Hulk, you're like, what the fuck is this? This is stupid. Mm-hmm. But like later on, you can make that important. Same with Grant Morrison. The guys who, who care mm-hmm. about canon, they can incorporate it in the ways that they think make the story better, even if it's not at the forefront. So like canon can always be important or you can ignore it. You just got to be good about it. At the end of the day, I think it's just about the quality. I don't want I, I, to to bounce off what Spark said about the mystery box thing. I can't help but th- but bring up a, uh, uh, an example of the Rise of Skywalker. I tried very hard not to, but at the end of the day, I just have to bring it up. One of the things that that Force Awakens, I think, succeeds in is setting up those mystery boxes of like what is what is what is what is what is what is. Um, I do like The Force Awakens. I think it's a good movie. I think The Last Jedi does a really good job of answering those mystery boxes and not leaving more mysteries, but just saying this is what this is what the answers were, and we'll go forward. And I think where The Rise of Skywalker falters is in this ca- is in this canon idea of where is what Sparks is saying is that we're no longer consistent to what we have already set up. And it, and it becomes almost like a brittle in your hand. It just kind of starts to crumble apart because you keep thinking like, well, wait, it's not supposed to, you're putting a, a circle in a square hole or a square in a circle hole. It's not fitting properly it's, anymore. It's like, they, yeah, JJ, he introduces the mystery box of like, who is Ray's parents, right? We get the answer in the next movie. We get the answer. That should be the answer. But fans, not all fans, but, but the audience is very against it. So the studios see that they're like, okay, cool. So the canon that we established, it is true, but not really. So like they, they didn't even they didn't even negate it. They just kind of like sidewinded it by yeah. making it Palpatine, but also she was still left on the planet. So I like, think Star Wars has always had a problem of you know, I won't even say a problem. This goes back to Lucas. Like Star Wars has always had a thing of of we keep trying to fill in all the blanks. We want to fill in all the blanks. Every if it's if it's blank, we're gonna put something there because that's what Star Wars, that's what George Lucas wanted to do. That's why he kept filling in the stuff between Outside four. the original trilogy, I think the answer is yes. Because yeah. that those first three movies are establishment hundred percent. There's nothing to to add to canon because there is no canon. It's making right. the canon. But you look at like the Clone Wars TV series is a perfect example of something that as a perfect example of Lucas like, oh, there's more story to tell between two and three, and I'm going to tell it and I'm gonna put it there. No longer mm-hmm. leaving it to the imagination of people. Even introducing the Clone Wars itself has no has taken the idea of what the what the emotional canon is. So use this term from the from the Force Center podcast, the emotional canon of what you think the Clone Wars would have been. I am now taking that away from you and telling you what it was. Exactly, that's one of my like it's it, the Clone Wars have happened. It's been like it's been fifteen years, twenty years. Like that's part of canon. That's how it is. But like when I was a kid thinking of the Clone Wars, this is not what I thought at all. Yeah. And like now, a part of that, a part of the mystery of Star Wars will always be it's a bunch of clone clone dudes from Boba Fett. I'm like, okay, didn't I didn't need it, but like but it's the, there forever, so I accept it. Yeah, Ben, you've been silent. Do you have anything you want to add? Uh, canon. I feel like when people try to rely too much or they try to put too much stuff into canon, it does detriment to what the story was. They try to. I mean, the whole. Like what Ryan is saying, like when we were kids and we first heard oh, um, Luke talk to Obi-Wan about the Clone Wars, it's like, well, the Clone Wars, what's that? It completely left up to the imagination, and then we got the answer. It's kind of like what uh, Ken said way back when he was on our show. They gave you the answer, but people may not like the answer. Yeah. And so I, think, I, think, I think what to bounce off what you're saying is what's what I personally believe what should be important to people is what is the emotional canon. Yeah. 
what you think is important to the story, what you get out of the story is the most important thing. Where, but if you took, take too much stock in trying to fill in all the checkboxes, yeah. you know, it's why we get into the, it's like, it's why we get into, fandom arguments are basically like, well, that's not canon. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, like, when you're talking about, like, 75 years of a fictional character, like, how, how do you, how do you have a regular, like, this dude, this dude is 25 years old, but he's been around for 75 years, and here's everything that's ever been about him. All of it's true, or we just handpick some of that. Like, how do you really, how do you really make that choice? Like, yeah. what is important to Batman over the last 80 years to Dan, Dan DiDio is not the same to me, you know? So, like, when you have to make that an actual product, like, that's, that's tough. Like, I don't, I don't blame any Batman writer for having to tell a new original Batman story 80 years later. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of people, a lot of really good stories came out of people taking older, like, like obviously the characters, the established characters. But also, I remember one storyline I actually was really enjoying from the DCU thing was Mr. Blue, that the uh, Gordon's villain. That he yeah, super play. happy. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. That was that was some really good stuff. He was brand spanking new, and I was like, "Oh, this is actually a really cool, brand new Batman villain." I like Mister Bloom. That's a good. That's a good story arc. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah James Gordon uh, being Batman, like he's a completely different type of Batman, and the, his villain is yeah. a completely different type of villain. And yeah. that was that's really that's not something you get to see. You get to see like in issue forty a new Batman and a new villain. Like yeah. that's kind of that's kind of crazy that Scott got to do that. Sparks, mm-hmm. you've been you've been trying to say something for a bit. What what do you remember what? Uh, yeah, I, ju- I just, um, I think that canon can be really useful as a tool. I think it can be really, really cool and really important when you're crafting a intricate and detailed story. I think Westworld is a great example of this mm-hmm. um, because that is a very like intricately crafted canon, especially across those first two seasons. Um, it's probably season three, but we're not done with it. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that's really cool. What I What I think is important to that is you can't ever... You can't if you're making it that complex and making it vital. You can't undo it or cheap out of it or backtrack it mm-hmm. or say di- violate it. You can't violate it. Um, and I think it's totally fine to like love and uh, adore the canon of something when it's been crafted in that way. When it's something where like the canon is is key, where it is so important. Um, and I don't think most properties that we end up debating it about. That's the case. Man, you know who's handling canon the absolute best right now? X-Men. I was going to say. Because X-Men is not doing anything of like, oh, don't worry about the past. It is literally so steeped in everything that's ever happened in X-Men that like, if you don't know about the history of Moira Taggart, that's fine. You don't need to know. But if you do know, it adds so much to it. So like, yeah. like, you, like you guys are all brand new to the X-Men. Like you don't know the canon, except for like, you know, various stories like Days of Future Past and like stuff you've, you've read or uh, absorbed. And stuff from the movies, but you can come into this and know that that canon's there, and it's and it matters because you can see it in these characters' reactions and how they live their life. It's like, oh, the last twenty years did happen, and I'm going to tell you why it happened instead of just ignoring it. Thank you, Jonathan. Uh, so, so just to give some examples on it that I was I was thinking of, like, um, I I agree mo- for the most part with the emotional canon or or just the consistency of tone consistency of characters uh an example i'll i'll throw out there is like to me pirates of the caribbean 5 is not canon it doesn't exist (laughs) in the canon of those films to me i don't want to see it again i probably never will see it again uh but i'll watch the other four and that is canon to me that's how that works 
Um, another example would be, at least at this moment, Batman v Superman is not canon between Man of Steel and Justice League to me. Yeah. It's not. I watch Man of Steel and I go to Justice League. That's how it goes. Um, um, I'm a... Let, let's say let, let's say for me, I'm a canon junkie. I totally understand the, the lore of canon. I got into a debate, a Star Trek debate. I was trying to find it, but I, I can't find it. Um, the... The Star Trek debate right now centers around Star Trek Discovery and how it fits within canon. Um, Star Trek Discovery takes place 10 years before the original series. So it, it, it has a spot within the timeline of Star Trek. There are things that people get caught up on, such as the technology being too updated and whatnot. But to me, there are things in the original series that are... Uh, that are Canon can be fluid a lot of the time. So, for example... In the original series, this is going to be techno, techno jargon for a second. I'm sorry. In the original series, the Enterprise can go to warp 10, warp 14. In in the next generation shows, it's established that ships can't go past warp 10. It's like that because they didn't they didn't care back then. They didn't they didn't think of things like that. Things change. Things things adapt. To me, things should be canon to the last thing that was said about them. Yeah. And if that changes, then so be it. That's the new canon. You, okay. you uh, should be willing to evolve with the canon. Things yeah. are fluctuating. Uh, characters like the Punisher and Iron Man, uh, they are both. Uh, they both did stuff in Vietnam or or whatever, and then they move it forward. So like Tony Stark now is like he is in the Afghanistan war, or Punisher was in the Afghanistan war instead of thirty years earlier in Vietnam. So like they can they move the tentpole to make it more modern uh, all the time. In comic books, but the, the it's called the Marvel sliding scale. It's sliding always. Scale. The, the the origins are always ten years before the story is yeah. the, the current story. Um, and just giving a, an example, I think on the other end of that, the the kind of consistency making it so that the canon is what it is uh, is Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. Um, so in the two weeks waiting for the Cell games to start, Goku and the gang go to New Namek and fight Metal Cooler, fight Super Android thirteen and the other androids. <laughs> And Broly, the legendary Super Saiyan. Yeah, that a, happens in the course of two weeks. That's a hot two weeks. And uh, that's canon to me because <laughs> because they're still consistently who they are. They're still consistently telling a story that feels like Dragon Ball Z to me. Yeah. Regardless yeah. of the quality of those movies, it works as canon for me. Um, and that's, I think, what, what matters the most. And I don't think that anything... I think there's a big difference between loving lore and loving canon. Yeah, it's true. It's yeah. a good point. It's a really good yeah. point. Uh, yeah, uh, Brian, do you have anything else you want? To, I'm trying to find this thing. Uh, um, a really good thing, um, but if not, I have a I have a quote. I, I just on. I I look at the two like the two big movies last year, Rise of Skywalker and and Endgame. Like those are both movies that fundamentally are doing the exact same thing, but one does it so much better in every single way. Well, look at look at fan service and canon and all that stuff. Look at the fluidity of the Marvel Cinematic Universe canon. Like yeah. in Iron, like just go back to Iron Man. It wasn't called Shield. Yeah, it, it was, was called, just the strategic combat intervention. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so there's a there's a quote from this from this thing that I think is interesting. So the hunger for facts above all else leads to things like filler episode, becoming a derogatory term for stories that don't advance the larger ongoing plot of the mm-hmm. of a narrative, uh, or don't include some shocking new revelation that someone can add to a list. I think that, and especially bringing up Dragon Ball Z, I think that's really prescient because Dragon Ball Z has a lot of quote unquote filler episodes. I had a friend who would always be like, those are just character development. And I kind of struggled with that for a bit. Like, 
you know what? That's true. That those are just character developments, and if they still matter to yeah. the ongoing growth of that character. Then that's what's important. It might not be essential to like the story, but like that 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 episode of like Piccolo and Goku hanging out or whatever could be like really important for their character, which is, is still important. Like you need to know that people stuff. talk about that all the time. Okay, uh, <laughs> so there's a but there's a strong. Uh, I I understand why filler, especially in anime, can be irritating. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of it is you feel the dip in writing. You feel how cheaply it's paid attention to, or the pace um, like stops. And and that's and but that's a different thing than not liking like being a stickler about the canon. That's yeah. just like not liking good writing. Um, yeah. Westworld has an episode in its second season that's basically a bottle episode, and you could argue that it's filler because there's no major revelations in relation to the characters like the we've been following characters. up to that point. Yeah but it still is fleshing out a huge part of that world. Um, and that's that's an example. I know there's an episode, I haven't watched it, but I know there's an episode of Breaking Bad about the fly. Yes. That's basically filler. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, like people are doing things that aren't necessarily tied to the plot and there's a fly is happening and it's always around. Yeah. Can I tell you guys something? Um, in my opinion, most of The Last Jedi is filler, but I love it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, outside of the murder of Snow, yeah, they're just it's a chase scene, like the last Jedi is filler, and I love it. Yeah, it's basically like a slow motion chase scene, uh, and not a lot does happen, that's right, but it's all character stuff, which is why it's good. Yeah, I'll I'll agree with that. I I think we've talked about that in the review that the the last Jedi uh, doesn't really advance the plot moving forward, but it does advance character arcs, and I think a really interesting way upon rewatch. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a really good point, Sparks. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I think that... I think if you're trying to go into something, wanting to learn all about it, hey, I did it. I, I Wikipedia'd Green Lantern before I read Green Lantern. Sorry. Like, but I didn't... I don't like Green Lantern because I can recite the Wikipedia... the, the Wikipedia article. Mm-hmm. I, re, I like Green Lantern because I read Green Lantern comics and they spoke to me on a level. And if... Look... Robert Vendetti, and we use a lot of comic books because comic books is an easy place to, to, to discuss this sort of thing, but Robert Vendetti retconned a lot of what Jeff Johns did. And you know what? That's fine. I got my Jeff Johns book. That's my canon. Yeah. I don't need to... Comics are in a unique position to be able to be like, I can cherry pick what I think is that canon. What sure. works for me. I can say that if I'm not reading it, that's not my canon. Um, things like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know what? I I'm of the opinion that the, that the Netflix shows uh, that the shows and the in the no just the shows I'm of the opinion that the current sh- crop of shows before the new Disney Plus stuff aren't canon to the movies and that's fine for me that's just that's just for me if you want right. to think they are then that's fine for you it canon should have that flexibility does that include Agent Carter Agent Carter is my exception. I I thought so that's why I wanted to ask <laughs> it's no not see, but see no like but uh, it is because that's my Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. seasons one through five are canon to me, but Mm -hmm. season six is not. Inhumans is not. Yeah, exactly. And like Agent Carter was able to, I was able to easily fit Agent Carter into my head, into my emotional canon because Jarvis is in Endgame. Sure. Yeah. So I was able to be like, okay, there it is. There's, there's my, uh, there's my, um, uh, what's the word for it? 
um, validation. There's my validation to allow Agent Carter to be in my in my emotional canon for the MCU. Mm-hmm. It's it also brings up like um, it's happening a, a lot now. We're like making sequels to movies mm-hmm. that have sequels. Like they want to make like a new Alien movie that takes place after Aliens and ignore Alien Three or RoboCop. All those things. Like you know what? Controversial opinion. I think they should do more of that. I agree because again, like those timelines are still there. Alternate timelines can exist. They can be yeah. alternate realities. Like that's how I view all of entertainment. Like I've seen seven Spider-Man movies. They are all different universes. Who cares? Like don't, exactly. that's okay. And yeah. I think audiences are now more interested in that sort of thing. Um, I would love it if you wanted to be like, Hey, you know what? Make another Terminator three. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you want to do that again? Go ahead. I mean, I've done it three times. <laughs> I think it kind of, it bothers me personally. Because even when I talk to Casey Casuals and they ask me, oh, does this, like, uh, like when they ask me about the older, like, um, like when the Marvel Cinematic Universe was getting, was just starting up and then X-Men was coming out. And they're like, oh, does X, are we going to see Iron Man, a new X-Men movie? I'm like, no, that's, that's a totally different thing. It's like, oh, how come it's not canon to the MCU? It's like, it doesn't have to, well, besides. That's business contract. reasons. That's like yeah, separate that's business reasons. But also it, it brought, it makes me think is like, why can't you just enjoy a story just to enjoy the story and not have it deal with something else? That's like, Marvel's trade. It. It's like, I want to watch an X-Men movie just about the X-Men, but I, but if it's not part of the greater MCU, who cares? Mm-hmm. And you know what? And you know what? I'm going to, con- I'm going to conversely. I, like I said, I'm a Canon junkie. I love my Canon to fit nicely. And if it, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't, I don't, I try not to let it hurt me. Yeah. Um, but for things like Crimes of Grindelwald, if they're bad, the canon argument becomes very handy. <laughs> and it's not just—it's not just because it's a—it's just a bad movie. But yeah. like they—they they counteract themselves by like they have—they have a, a what's her name? McGonagall. Uh, they have McGonagall in there, and they—they they specifically mention like a time of like when it takes place. And like, bro, she's not like, she is not there. She's like not alive or she's, she's like a seven kid. or something. She's yeah. a child when she's teaching their songs. Like then it's just like, do you even care about your own canon? Cause like the fans are supposed, the fans are supposed to care. Do yeah. you care? So uh, I actually think like uh, Ben kind of stumbled into one, which is the Fox X-Men films are a great example of like, do, how much do you really care about the canon? Oof. Cause that canon is BS. Yeah. Uh, but, but do we watch and enjoy those films anyway? Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Yeah, all timelines, baby. Thank you, Days of Future Past. I mean, that's that's absolutely true. We talk about how the, I'm talking. I'm uh, talking like from X Men Two to X Men Three, but yeah. No, I know. I know. <laughs> there's like there's so much nonsense happening between every single movie, and then the recast happens, and then they bring them all together, and I'm like, I'm not even gonna try to make sense of this because it doesn't work. Yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's really nice when people want when people are invested in something and they want to know. They want to consume. They want to consume all the things of that person. You know, they talk about how. Uh, Star Wars argument is so easy. I want to try and avoid that. It is. Um, it really is. Because um, you know, there's always the there's always the like that's not my Luke. Like, I I can understand. I can understand wanting to invest so much time and so much effort consuming and knowing of one whole of of just something that you yeah. that you are so yeah. passionate about. You also have the crowd who's like mad at the legacy stuff. It's like, oh, this should be canon. How come it's not canon anymore? They took us out of canon. It's like, guys, just it's still there. It's still in your so heart. It could be canon for you. Um, I and I think that's I think this is where it gets into gatekeeping. Mm-hmm. Is when you say that I know more about a thing than you do. Sure. Um, I I I suppose that has a lot to do with with canon. I think that there's a a solid argument for 
disliking things that that I think vindictively violate a canon. Sure. Um, things like things like Rise of Skywalker. Um, <laughs> it's so uh, easy to go there. I I, I, w- I would go back to Pirates of the Caribbean five though. Yeah. That Jack Sparrow is not Jack Sparrow. Yeah. No. Yeah, that's bullshit. Um, he's not the same character. It's blatantly like God. I want something that really directly violates its own canon. Um, I'll think of it. But um, I think I think it's I, I again like I think it's it's a I think that at any point you should never be so obsessed with a canon that you're like you're a stickler about the details and all that kind of stuff uh, to the point where you're you're specifying out what can be canon, what can't be canon, all that kind of stuff. If I did that, then I couldn't enjoy the Netflix shows yeah. and the uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in tandem with the MCU. Um, if I was being that sticklery about the details. However, what I can do is I can enjoy it from a lore perspective of how it fleshes out the MCU because I personally feel like, as much as I love the MCU, I want more things that flesh out the world in between films. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Netflix allow me to feel like that's happening Mm -hmm. Um, because for some reason they don't do it in comic books. Uh, And and I think that's really important. A good example of that, I think, is the Kingdom Hearts series. Um, That canon is ridiculously complicated. And if you just want to stick to the three main titles like Ryan, that totally totally makes sense and you can. But um, uh, I think you, but you can follow it. Yeah. Like you can follow the, you can follow the loose canon. It's if you care about the lore that you go to the other games. Sure. Yeah. Um, So going back to the Star Trek argument that I got into, the crux of the argument was that this person was saying that um, I know, I know more about the canon. I've read all the books, I've read all the comics. I know I've seen all the shows and all the movies and this is what is canon and this is what isn't. And if you don't know as much as me, you're not a fan. Yeah. And so people are saying people who like Discovery and Picard aren't true fans because I have consumed all this. I have consumed all this. Like, look, I kind of look at this like, I've not read all the comics. I've read some. I've definitely not read any of the books, but I've seen all the shows and I've seen all the movies. How, why does this person get to dictate what type of fan I should be? It goes back to the argument of a fake nerd, doesn't it? It goes back to the idea that if you like something, you're a nerd. Yeah. It doesn't matter how much you know of that thing to classify what nerd you are. Yeah. Uh, We, we talk about comics a lot. Um, A lot, a lot. Uh, 99% of the people who see the MC movies, MCU movies don't read comic books. Mm-hmm. Like the sales are just not there. But we're not uh, we're not shaming people who love the movies to not read comics. I want you to read the comics so you know where the source material is from and hopefully get you in the comics. But the fact that you like Captain America and Iron Man makes me super happy. I'm not going to be mad that you're not buying the comic. And like I, I see that all the time, and that's that's shitty. Yeah, that's it, shitty. It, it, it shouldn't it shouldn't happen. Um, the gatekeeping in general is just, is just such a toxic and such such thing. I don't understand like how it's healthy for the people doing it, let alone for the people who encounter it. We're just different people. Like people thrive on negativity, and like yeah. there's a reason negative clicks or negative views get more clicks than positive views because people like being mad. They like hate hating things. I yeah. yeah. Look at look at like a lot of the articles in CPR. This this new thing makes this canon or something like that. Like, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> Yeah. Like you look at Star. Look at Star Wars. Like going back to Star Wars again, and this is this is a much better argument than the Rise of Skywalker. But uh, they, Star Wars is in an interesting position where they can cherry pick stuff from the legends and bring it back into the story to make it matter once again. Like Thrawn, yeah. Like Thrawn. Like just because the thing is no longer within the quote, canon of the thing doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Yeah. But Star Wars is also in a position to be like, this is how it could matter in a different position. 
And it doesn't mean that it's like Clone Wars makes uh, Mara Jade canon again. Like, who cares? Yeah. I What I think the whole campaign on Disney and Star Wars and shot itself in the foot with is specifically like really, really hardcore pushing all their extra books and comics to be like literally called the road to blah yeah. movie. And so it's supposed to be the background of these characters and then the movie will throw it away. Yeah. And that's, how- that's a problem. That's a problem when you're making it like that is a canon issue that I can get behind where I'm like, no, they made something very specifically to say that if you want the background of that character, go read that book. Oh, hold on. Wait, get to this movie. I'm sorry. That book problem, was a little wrong. The problem with that is because like, yeah, you think a character like Poe or like Poe's parents like dealt with force sensitive stuff. So like there's a lot of stuff about Poe that is not on that screen. And there's yeah. a lot of stuff in, in Rise of Skywalker that shouldn't have been on that screen. Um, <laughs> And I think it's super interesting, yeah, because I've read a lot of those tie-in books, and it's the movies and the comics just are not talking to each other, right? And it's you're right. This is the can. This is supposed to be the canon for the story. Like they push these books before, out before the whole Disney. And I think Disney wasn't the first people uh, to 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 dump on this, uh, but studios creatives try to push the whole this is canon. This is canon. You want to get this because it's canon. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it's that, a merchandising tactic. Yeah. Before that, I never cared if the books of the movies didn't talk to each other. Yeah. It's just a different way to interpret a story or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or if it doesn't click, then will the movies take precedent? But because they keep, because Disney keeps pushing this whole Lucasfilm, whatever, keeps pushing this whole this is canon, this is canon, this is definitely canon, like Spark said, merchandising technique, uh, it creates the other problem that now the studios are perpetuating this idea that you should be paying attention to what is and what isn't canon. Right. Uh, but then you call, then you get called out on it. If you, that's, if that's what I'm saying is like, if you're going to do something, if you're going to run that kind of detail oriented campaign about something, you have to make those details work. Yeah. Otherwise, if they had just been like, we're releasing a bunch of Star Wars books that tie into the films, and it wasn't this heavy-handed push of things, it was just like, uh, Poe Dameron. The Road to Force Awakens. I'd be like, okay, cool, and I read Poe Dameron, and some of the details are inconsistent. I'd be like, whatever, if I like that book, then that book is canon. Yeah. That's how that should work. But But because they go out of their way to push it and say, this is all true, and those other things aren't true, from a studio perspective to say that, (laughs) that's the issue. I can't even imagine, like, a book uh, like The Rise of Kylo Ren's coming out right now. I haven't I haven't read it, but I've seen enough of it to see like they're 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 showing his past, like everything that we wanted to see with him and Snoke and Luke. We are getting all that, but is that is a canon now? Is it canon because like we saw some of that in the movie, but it's only explored in, in this comic. So like I I go online, I'm like, oh well, here's what happened to Kylo. And I'm like, oh well, I didn't see that in the movie. Like it's, it's hard to it's it's hard to argue when the companies don't even talk to each other about yeah. this kind of shit. Like, yeah, okay, and, I, cool. and I think that that kind of leaves that gap open for where that toxic fandom comes in to uh, to argue about this. Yeah. It's it's almost festered to create them. Yeah, go yeah. on, like, Ben. Like for example, I have Lost Stars by Claudia Gray on the cover. Straight up says the Road to Force Awakens. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. yeah, I can guarantee you that once I finally do sit down and read that book, and when I do rewatch Force Awakens, nothing. Maybe like a cameo of one of the main characters in the side of Mos Kanata's cantina is there. But yeah. then it's like nothing. Nothing that Force Awakens is about stems from that, right? Do you know why Endgame works on like a, not just a canon level? It's because the creators care. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, it's it's why it's why comics. It's why Dan, it's Danny Dew's argument of like as long as the thing is consistent from the last thing you read, then it's fine. Yeah, it, it's it. So the MCU continuity, it's not. 
the most airtight, but it works on an emotional level because the creators care. And therefore it's the same reason why putting someone on a book for so long on a comic book for so long works because you, you feel the, the, the creative and emotional energy that they are putting into this product. And because you care as much as them. Yeah. And you know, what's a great example of like when they get too specific and they need to back off. Peter Parker was an Iron Man too. Oh yeah. 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 That one just don't do it. I don't need it. Nobody needs that. Everybody yeah. knows that wasn't true when yeah. they made the movie. Nobody needs that detail. Don't do that it was kind all of thing. Planned from the beginning. I would, argue, I, would, I would argue Fury's eye also. Sure. Oh yeah. yeah. I think Fury's yeah. eye is an unfortunate uh elimination of of canon continuity. I will not ever go back on. I kind of wanted a better story about that than yeah, what it yeah. is. I, I now, I'm not saying, like, I, like I said, the MCU continuity is not airtight. And sometimes they are uh, in a position to fill in the blanks in the same way that Lucasfilm would. Um, but I think for the most part, they do they do a fine job of not doing that and just making you care about the characters from the last time you saw them, making sure that that is consistent. I yeah. think they do a great job of that on screen. I think we've gotten a little bit of that behind the scenes from certain people. Marcus McFeely... Uh, that that we shouldn't have. And I do think that that feeds that kind of disconnect because we had the Russos and those writers saying two different things about an outcome because of how important it was to canon. Yeah. And even then, like, this goes back to the discussion you and I were having where it's like, it shouldn't matter. Yeah. It really shouldn't matter. It's about the emotional It's payoff. about what it means to you. Like, my takeaway from it is all that should matter. Yeah. Unless you're specifically going to tell me a story about how it matters... And I'm going to care about then I doesn't it doesn't I don't need you fleshing out that detail in the news right exactly um, I always love again like going back to comics so that's my main squeeze like when like think of Venom like I haven't read much Venom before Donny Cates' run but he introduced an entire new side of the canon with Noel and like being tied to the Oblivion King and like a symbiote planet and I'm like all that stuff is radical and everyone for the most part everyone loves it but if you go on if you follow donny cates and you read it follow him a lot there's a lot of venom fans from the 90s who hate what they what he's done to eddie brock because he used to be so edgy and so much more cool and like and way less of a, a loser hanging out with a little kid his brother who's actually a son and i'm like do we read the same comic you guys are reading <laughs> shitty venom comics what are you talking about yeah. like there's actually good depth there there's like character to, like well but like fine. As a, as um, Brandon, I think once they will, Chris said this or something that the golden age is when you were twelve years old. Uh, Carr said that. Carr said that. Thank you. The golden I, age of comics is whenever you got into comics. Yeah, like for those fans who only love the old school Venom books, that's for them. That's the golden age, and they don't like change, which they're missing out on some great kick-ass stories. But the thing is, those books are what I feel like some people just don't realize is that the stories that they grew up with, they're still there. Yeah. Go ahead. Eventually, and who knows? Eventually, like what we if we all have kids, and then we're showing them art the stuff that we liked when we were younger, they're like, no, there's like, oh, they brought this thing back. Here's what it was back then. It's like, hey, that sucks. I like the new this new one better because this is what I first saw. It's probably gonna happen. Like someone's probably gonna look at the new fifty like that, yeah. Yeah, someone's probably going to look at the New 52 and say, hey, the New 52 run of uh, Batman is the best run of Batman. Fight me on that one. And then someone will say, no, the next run of Batman is the best one. And then it's the story. It's a cycle all over again. Uh, I just saw a, a thread on Twitter uh, talking about the movie Sucker Punch um, and how that movie is criminally underrated and people should revisit it. So every generation that passes, the younger generation picks up the stuff that nobody wanted and claims that it's good. 
Mm-hmm. It happens every generation. There's a uh, uh, there's an argument to be made. Um, there's a great comic book, the Batman Little Gotham. There's a great comic book. I'm sure you guys have, have uh, read Batman Little Gotham. One of the issues has them go to a comic con. Uh, yeah. They're looking for Clayface, and there's a couple of fun panels of like Batman getting the Great Ghost like uh, autograph. Yeah, and Robin is looking for his favorite super back issues of his favorite superheroes, but his favorite superhero no longer exists, and now is a is a different person. It's mm-hmm. been changed to a different person. And he's like, I'm sad that I don't have my character anymore. Uh, and he's like, well, and Batman has and Batman tells him, and this is the writer talking through Batman because this is during the Stephanie Brown thing where Stephanie Brown wasn't allowed to exist in the DC continuity. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's, and so Dustin Wynn basically talks about like, you know, yeah, that character doesn't exist anymore, but it did in your heart. And you can still find those, those issues. You, they haven't erased those issues. You can still find that character, but now yeah. someone else gets to enjoy that character in a different way. We read, we read last week, Chaos War, which came out in 2010. The landscape of Marvel Comics 10 years ago is 100% different. Half of those characters that were in that book aren't even in like aren't in any books right now. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, that's just the landscape of comics. Like every character comes back, and their canon gets reinvigorated or it gets broken up and destroyed, and something new happens. It happens with literally every single character. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we're winding now. What are you guys uh, yeah, I was I was just gonna say um, I I do think that uh, it's important to recognize that we all have our own ability to select what is canon to us. If a detail bothers you, um, you can move past it. If it's all a, a too many details in a whole product, then you can remove that product from the canon of the thing you like. Yep. Um, I think it's very valuable that. Uh, places are still not doing things to necessarily violate canon i think it's important like even if it's things i disagree with to leave them for the people who cared about it um or to at least respect that they can have an interest in it this doesn't necessarily apply as much to comics because you can just select your runs and that kind of thing but a good example i'm thinking of is birds of prey Mm -hmm. when they do birds of prey and harley has her flashbacks they're still the flashbacks that were filmed in suicide squad even though i'm not a fan of that we still see the back of jared leto's head yeah um you can change who the joker is going forward we can have a different actor another example would be the incredible hulk we changed the actor but we still kept those events canon i Don respect Cheadle. that we leave things as they are yeah. and just move forward with them and you can either like it or you can ignore it it's your choice you don't have to acknowledge incredible hulk as canon to the mcu or you can it's up to you i think i think the important thing i think more more importantly is your emotional canon i agree Emotional canon is the most important thing to you. Looking at facts, wanting things to matter. Wanting things to matter, by the way, is not the same thing as just, as collecting facts on a thing. Yeah, uh, collecting facts on a thing can. I think be- that's very much. I think that's very much like loving the lore. Yes, that's I think where that is. And I think I I'm a huge fan of loving lore. I love lore. Yeah. You want to dig into lore. I love even crappy lore just because it's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually fascinating to learn. Even like bad lore, mostly. I learned about 800 episodes of One Piece in two hours. That looks pretty cool. Yeah. Well, one of the things, one of the things that I that attracted me to Star Wars when when the last shit I like turned me into a fan uh, was that the lore of Star Wars became so rich and so vibrant and something that I could that I could really like sink my teeth into, uh, and I got so invested in that sort of thing. I think Sparks, you're absolutely right. Lore it, it is it can be a lot of fun and some in some ways more important than canon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, ben, do you have anything you want to add before we move on? Yeah, um, pretty much 
just don't be a dick. Don't also that. Yeah, also also that. <laughs> um, I, like there, I cannot tell you how many times I'm watching anime or films or television shows, and I think of a story or a or a side thing in my head, and I like to mix it into, and I try to line it up and write it in a way that, that it will mix that will line up to what it's going on. I'm doing that right now with Rachel Lifton's book. Um, the thing is, if you're mad about a certain piece of canon or lore or or something, and you like something else, that's what fan fiction's for. Just write it yourself. And it's and if you're mad that it's not the thing, I'm sorry, but you're not in control of that property. You're you're not. Yeah. Your people, the people who aren't in control, they make those decisions. And if you want to maybe work your way into that, then it's a long, hard road. But go for it. But uh, Sparks, what were you gonna say? You you're not in control of that, but you are in control of how you consume it. Yeah, and that's yes. the key. If you don't mm-hmm. like it, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to exactly, read it. exactly. If you don't like what they're doing in Star Wars now, you don't uh, have to watch it. Last thing I'll say. Um, I would say even more than Rise of Skywalker last year. Uh, Game of Thrones has a season that everyone just pretends doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. That show ended like at season five and season six for a lot of people, and I think that's really yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, like you so, know, Agents of Shield for Sparks and I like ended at season five. Yeah, so yeah, same with Supernatural. Yeah, like, it's a it's a more Supernatural, fantastic pull. Oh. You're- that is a- <laughs> supernatural uh so supernatural ends for me at the end of season five when it's pulling back from the window before it does its very last reveal and then you end the episode that's how supernatural ends for me yep. but see just just like that if that's where it ends for you that's where it ends for you but if it be those fans who are hungry for more and they want constantly want more then there you got season six seven eight nine ten eleven all the way to 15 you got you have that 16 technically maybe that's the here's the thing canon if if it makes you happy awesome if it doesn't make you happy and this other head canon or this other idea that you have does then just try to explore that write it out or just just leave it be don't attack other people for liking the things and don't attack the creators for their own canon even if the product is like Game of Thrones, I'm not happy with the end of Game of Thrones, but that's what the creators did, and that's what and that's what they what, what we got. Do I have a headcanon for the end of it? Of course I do, but I you got the book still coming too, and also the book's still coming. Yeah, so a the book's still coming, and um, I have my own thing, to, I, and also I have my own headcanon. But I'm not gonna fight people over the end of Game of Thrones. I don't yeah. have the time, nor the energy, nor the want to do that. I so don't yeah, so don't be a dick if you like something else. Write it yourself. And don't fight the creators. It's not worth arguing about canon. And thank you, Brandon. Yeah, it's not worth arguing. And yeah, don't be a dick. Man, do the pose. Do the pose don't be a dick shirt. Sorry, hold on. There you go. By the don't be a dick shirt. Don't be a dick. I'll be back in one minute. I gotta pee really bad. I'm sorry. All right. Hey, well, I think we're I think we're we, we wrap that topic up really nicely. Uh, so should we move into our book club? Sounds mm-hmm. good to me. All right. Hey, welcome to the Fake Nerd Comic Book Store. Can I help you find anything today? Yeah, hi. Um, do you have any books? Can you be more specific? Um, anything readable? Um, book club time. It is my book club this week. I chose Star Trek versus Transmorphers. Transmorphers. 
what? <laughs> yeah, this, was, uh, this was about as good as um, those early oh. Sonic comics that Ben was uh, sharing, I felt. Really? No, it was a little better. Okay. I'm glad you liked it a little bit. Um, yeah, I chose, I chose something. I, I had my pick of a couple of things. I knew I could pick something like, I probably could pick something, could pick something really good, but I wanted to pick something fluffy. Um, and something that'd be a little, it'd be a little fun. Um, I, I appreciate, I appreciate that they're specifically having them be the characters as represented in the animated shows, the early yeah. animated shows. Yeah. So that it's like, Hey, they talk like this because it's that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not trying to sound like the way Transformers are in today or, or Star Trek characters are and in I today. Think the, I think the art is also really good at conveying. I agree with that. They're two different animation styles. Um, so as we as we mentioned, this is this is IDW's crossover with uh, Star Trek the Animated Series versus the Transformers G One series. There's a couple characters that were not that were not in that old Transformers series that have shown up here, like Windblade and Arachnid. Right. Um, but for the most part, it is that G One saga Transformers. Um, it, this does an interesting thing that that some of the other Star Trek books haven't done. Most Star Trek books that cross over with like Green Lantern or Planet of the Apes tend to have the character go into a different universe. This puts the Transformers in the Star Trek universe. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which I thought was 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 an interesting choice. But as a fan of going back to canon, um, there is a there is a page where Bumblebee talks about what happened, why they left Earth. And they left Earth in the World, 80s. World War Three. They left Earth in the they left they were in the 80s. And so they were like, so all the G1 Star Trek happened, all the G1 Transformers happened, and then World War III, and then First Contact, and then they left. And so you got two panels of what what fans have been assuming is World War III for a long time, and it's the um, we are introduced to these uh, to these costumes in uh, in uh, Next Generation, the first episode of Next Generation for World War III, and then this is a uh, Ryan, this is your boy Zeph from Cochran, James Cromwell, right there. I recognize him. What up, James? That's James Cromwell's first contact movie. Um, so as a, as a, as a, you know, as a canon junkie, that was kind of fun. I liked them. Sure. I liked that. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is a, uh, what'd you guys think of this one? It, I it thought was, it was, just, uh, it was pretty, pretty, uh, it, was, it was, it was okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I felt like they could have done a whole lot more that they just didn't do. I felt like it kind of meandered a lot. I think like the best, the best stuff is like at the end with Starscream and stuff. That's happened to Starscream, but yeah. Like that was kind of my favorite stuff. I think the middle issue is kind of just like meandered. I think it's maybe one issue too long. Yeah. I felt the same way. Yeah, yeah. me too. Like when Kirk gets control of the Enterprise and it's able to transform, it's like, Not oh, the now Enterprise. Oh yeah, well, Fortress, Fortress Maximus. Fortress Maximus. Like when Fortress Maximus takes the form of the Enterprise, then it's able to transform. I'm like, okay, is this going to be, um, is and then I'm like I looked at my issue count like oh I still got two issues to go I thought the next issue would be the last one because I thought yeah that enterprise design looks awesome though I want one it's pretty cool yeah because I thought I thought when I saw the the enterprise transforming into Fortress Maximus I thought okay that's like the quote unquote the money shot that's the big the reveal for the last for the second to last issue and the last issue is the big showdown. And I was like, oh, no, we have Fortress Maximus Enterprise for a while now. And then Trypticon turns into a Klingon D7, uh, yeah. for those of you Star Trek fans. Uh, a D7 Bird of Prey, right? The Bird of Prey is different than the D7. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, you're right, you're right. 
canon. I, I did really like the way Spock was written. I could really hear Leonard Nimoy in all the lines. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and just hearing him, hearing him talk about Cybertron, maybe because I watched Dark of the Moon recently, so it really worked. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but just <laughs> it, it that that landed pretty well. I like the way he does. Maybe there's more to this situation than meets, meets the, the eye. eye. <laughs> oh lord. Or the the Klingon, the Klingon is like. Uh, they underestimated us. There's more to us than meets the eye. Uh, okay, I know I, they have I, to throw those lines in there, but there are times when I read those lines, I'm like, oh, you had. I to. was referencing while you were in the restroom that I, I appreciate that this is specifically the Star Trek animated series and specifically the old Transformers animated series, so it like allows the context of that writing to kind of yeah. work a little better rather than like that same like those same designs, but trying to modernize them or or designing them differently and trying to sound that way. Yes. Yeah, I. Uh, oh yeah. Oh. It was it was cheeky. I like there, like it there was... are two characters that are exclusive to the Star Trek animated series that are in this book, um, Arax and uh, Emres. Those are two characters that were only ever in the. I the thought Avengers. that was Hermione after she drank the cat polyjuice potion in Chamber of Secrets. Looks like her. Um, I was about to ask where they get, the, who the cat they get Transformers. Was. They get Transformers. They all pilot Transformers at the end of this. That's cute. Yeah. At that point, they're just like Gundams, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I also watched an hour-long uh, thing about all every Gundam series ever made and all the Gunplaws. So now I know more about Gundam than you've been. <laughs> That's true. For now. For now uh, Ryan, guess what? What? For now. For now? Okay. Yeah. For at least a year. For at least a year. Bitch, don't you dare. Oh, I also wanted to talk about the paneling. I think the paneling is really cool. Like this panel here where it has the Star Trek the Star Trek insignia. And oh, yeah. yeah. They do that a couple times. I think the paneling in this book is really cool. The art's really exquisite. Um, the art, the art sells it for me more than the. Than it definitely felt like an old '60s cartoon. Yeah, if this had, if this had been an actual special for those cartoons, I'd be like, totally, yeah. totally yeah. get it, totally on board. It really works as a script for that. As a comic written in 2018, it's like, yeah, it's all right, yeah. But yeah. I, I understand that's what they're going for. Yeah, I think uh, I, I, I heard when I was in the bathroom that. Uh, like, because in the other, like, uh, crossovers, like, there's always dimension hopping. Uh, yeah. It is cool that, like, no, just Cybertron exists in this universe. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just the Star Trek. It's Cybertron. Yeah, just cool. Transformers happen, man. Yeah, it just, it's real life. Yeah. It's real life. Um, which makes you think I, the first contact was in the 80s. I love the idea that um, when Spock is standing there and he's like, it's turned itself into the illogical form of a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there's some good cheesy lines that, that or are... Or I love when Spock mind melds with Optimus Prime. It's like, whoa, th there's a mind in here. This is weird. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, Arax and Emrys are, are, are um, two characters that the animated series introduced uh, because Gene Roddenberry was like, oh, we can do whatever we want for this. Animation, uh, baby. So became they became fan favorite characters, and they're, they're kind of cool. I think they're kind of cool uh, designs, especially Arax with the oranges in the front of his body. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. Him more so than the cat lady. Yeah, yeah, the cat lady's a little, a little Scooby Doo. Oh yeah, yeah. especially yeah. all the, t all she's, the time. She's very Hanna Barbera, just yeah, in yeah. general, Hanna Barbera. Yeah. yeah, especially every time she says, uh, <clears throat> like she accentuates the R's. Yep, that's very Hanna Barbera. I like. So, so, Starscream like steals the dilithium crystals and goes to Kronos, and I thought that mm -hmm. that that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's really, really cool. cool. Stuff. Yeah, that, that's that really last cool. issue is a lot of fun. I would, I yeah, I like that last issue a lot. That's why I think I'd kind of be into a sequel when it's like, yeah, the Klingons got to hold on to the Decepticons, which we don't super love that they did, but <laughs> we yeah, had no choice. Yeah, see, Megatron chained up in the Klingon homeworld was like, 
okay, that's pretty cool. But also yeah. the fact when Starscream is like, bow to me, the Klingons are like, F you, man, we're gonna kill you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think this is. I think it's not particularly a dense comic. It's not really a lot to talk about here, but I, I think it's a. I think it's an enjoyable little piece of. No, yeah, it's absolutely. I'm very glad reasons. they took the opportunity for that. Is that is the feder uh, the Federation's prime directive? Well, this is this prime's directive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dang, I did like that. That was, I was part of it was like, oh, but you know what? It works. It works. I mean, it's like look, the Planet of the Apes. Star Trek crossover was like the was called the Primate Directive. So, oh yeah, like you got to do it. You got to do yeah. it. It's silly, yeah. Yeah, the Prime Directive always pops up somewhere in Star Trek. You know what happens? That's at the, the thing is, like, it's so common. I'm like, you got to go for it. Yeah. You know what happens at the end of Star Trek Green Lantern? Uh, the DC Universe is just destroyed, and the Green Lantern Corps is part of the Federation. Yeah, that's dope as hell. That's the <laughs> end of that. Fr- that's the end of that book. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it. Man, I. I still, still have that book, actually. I have those issues somewhere. Though I really like that issue. There's two of them. I haven't read the second one. What's oh, the best? Is... What's the best Star Trek crossover? I would say the Green Lantern one. Uh, the ones I've read, uh, the Green Lantern one. How many other ones are there? I know there's an X Men one. Doctor Who. There's an X Men one from the Doctor 90s. Who, there's, there's Doctor Who. There's X Men. There's Green Lantern. There was supposed to be Justice League, but it never happened. Did that the X Files? Who did the X Files team up with? So IDW, IDW did a crossover mm-hmm. with all of their all of their uh, IP properties. So X Files, Ghostbusters, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, yeah. all with Transformers, um, GI Joe, Rom, First Strike. But intercompany crossovers. Let's just talk like intercompany. Um, probably Green Lantern Star Trek is the best because it's the it's the JJ Abrams Star Trek. And the current, the then current DCU Green Lantern crossing over, and I think those just meshed a lot better. Yeah. Um, second would probably be the Planet of the Apes one. I thought that was pretty good. I don't I, I, want to check out that one. I don't remember the Planet of the Apes one that well, but I, I know I read it. I just don't remember it very well. But I did do remember really enjoying Star Trek Green Lantern. I'm I'm now waiting with IDW for the Sonic Transformers crossover. Hell yeah. Oh god, that's gonna be a thing. Well, I, you know, they only got IDW in the past couple of years, so okay, sure. they're working their way up to it. It'll happen. Um, okay. Oh, I think it's inevitable. Oh, speaking of which, I need to get that. Um, I need to get that Sonic variant that IDW is selling on their website. Get it? They're right. selling a con exclusive variant. Mm-hmm. All right, I got nothing more to add about this about this guy. It was a little, a little easy book club, I think. Unless you guys yeah, wanted. It was, it was, yeah, like I, I like I didn't hate it or anything. Like it was definitely like a nice. It was fun to read this once for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, next week, uh, Sparks. Uh, yeah, Sparks, what up? You know what your book club is next week? I do. It's Amazing Spider Man Volume 1 Back to Basics at, by Nick Spencer and Ryan Otley. Awesome. Uh, we're stepping out of the slot era and into some good storytelling. So uh, we're going to do that. I read this this book. Cool. Book. This is the first book Ryan Otley drew in over 15 years that wasn't invincible. So wow. it was a big deal when he came to Marvel. Um, uh, next week, uh, outside of that, we don't know what we're talking about yet, so uh, stay tuned. We'll figure stay it out. Um, uh, uh, right. Isn't Antebellum coming out next week? <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, I can't do it. Reviewing that. <laughs> I know. Okay, guys. Hard no. I can't do it. All right, guys. <laughs> I actually have a legit question. Yeah. Whatever happened to the King's Man? It's coming. Oh, out it got now. it got delayed again. Okay. It went from February to September, and it's currently just in September. Okay. So now it's in limbo. Because I was wondering I know, about like 
man, there were trailers, and now it's just nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I, I was wondering about those. Like that movie didn't come out, did it? I, I was officially I, officially the release date is September, but we'll see what happens. I, I thought I was going through like a weird psychosis where I thought where <laughs> I missed it completely. And man, we didn't there's never it. been a movie called The King's Man. Ben, what's a movie? Never forget, Ben, you're the king's man because you're Stephen King's man. There you go. Oh, you. All right, guys. Um, in the link in our description, you'll find links to our YouTube page. You can find our shows, Fake Nerds Watch, um, which got a bunch, bunch of shows. Check out the back catalog there if you're catching up on some shows. Uh, maybe we got a Fake Nerds Watch on it. Um, also, Basement Arcade is currently coming out with Mortal Kombat 9. Four just came out. Four just came out. Four just came out. Um, so check that one out. That was a lot of fun to do. Can't wait for Mortal Kombat 10. Um, yeah, we can see each other. Uh, use you can. We also have a Funko affiliate link in the description. You can use promo code Shop 10 for 10 percent off your purchase. Uh, a lot of cool stuff coming to the Funko store right now because no conventions are happening. Nope. Now we uh, can actually get a chance to get these pops. We also have a T public and a Patreon link in the description. Thank you, Joey Zon, for donating to our Patreon. Um, th- and our T public, we, we got the new shirt up there, bread and butter. Um, all links in the description. Or you can find all these links on our brand new website. Yeah. Website. I've been pronhub.com. www.pronhub.com. You're right. Pronhub should be bought and then just reroute to the fake nerd network. That's what I said. That's so good. That's what I said earlier. Uh, but it should have like an interim picture of the shrimp. <laughs> you click the shrimp. W, so you can check out our, our website, www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Shrimp. Animation. Animation. Like, I'm a shrimp. Uh, which will be in the link in the description as well. Um, not Pronhub. Fakenerdpodcast.com. Yes. Um, thank you to everyone who listens. We greatly appreciate it, guys. Uh, Jeremy Vellucci, thank you so much for our for our interim music and our uh, theme song, which you did not hear on this live show, but you will hear on the audio going uh, on the audio going up later tonight. Yeah. Um, also, Suburban Proctologist episode nine is up now, guys. Woo! Episode nine, long time coming, season two oh, of uh, Suburban Proctologist. Uh, you can find them on on Instagram at Jeremy Vellucci Keyboards, his show, iTunes, Facebook, Suburban Proctologist official. Or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. Thank you to Mike Matola. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Hopefully, um, hopefully we're announcing something this week with him. I would hope so because it's coming up soon. Yeah, so stay tuned with that. Um, we're still wait- we're still waiting to hear something in there. I will also say it. People have already tuned out. We're probably doing Main from Comic Con with him. Main from Comic Con, maybe. But we'll uh, but we'll let you know as soon as we do because we don't know yet. Um, uh, they're just trying to get the schedule set up. Uh, but you can find Mike Matola uh, at his on his Instagram and Twitter at Mike Matola. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens. Greatly appreciate it. I already said that. <laughs> find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at Fake Nerd Podcast. Fake Nerd Guys at gmail.com if you'd like to get in touch with us personally. I'm at BC McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Sparks. You can find me taking my doggo out for a walko because she's really got to pee. At Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. And that's me. I'm out. Bye. It's me. I'm the king of the domain. Ryan, where can I find you? You can find me at Nowhere Funny. You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere on the Instagram, Twitters, uh, Prawn Hubs. Uh, I 
Twitch stream and YouTube live stream. And I guess I also connected it to Facebook. So like my friends are watching from Texas. That's cool. <laughs> uh, I'm playing lots of video games because I don't got a job. Uh, I'm playing some Ultimate Spider-Man, some X-Men Legends. Uh, I got a whole bunch of games on the docket. Uh, I like video games and I like playing them um, in front of people. So I'm going to try to do some more of that. So DJ Tony Snark. Ben? You can find me sticking to Shinra in uh, Midgar on the at uh, Ben Magna 27 on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me writing for oldschoolgamermagazine.com. All right, guys, subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can find us on our new website. We got all the links where we're at on our new website. Um, rate and review wherever you get us. We greatly appreciate it, guys. Seriously, if you can't support us, P. If you can't support us uh, financially um, during this time, and guys, support yourself before you support others, but uh, a review on iTunes or anywhere else would be uh, best. Kitty cat. Oh, kitty. All right, guys. Until next week. Oh, there's two kitties. Until next week, guys. Stay fake, nerds. Bye.